Good morning. <laughs> Great morning. Go start, man. It is time to skip the BS. Time for Undisputed. Time for you to respond to us. Right here, right now, to hashtag Undisputed Live. Time for me to remind everyone that the team that beat the Cowboys 42 to 10 now has two losses, just like the Cowboys. Happy days are here again. We are back in business. But now it's time to bring in two X-Stars who almost certainly will disagree with what I just said. My man Keyshawn Johnson all the way across from me. And looky here, we got LaShawn McCoy, six-time Pro Bowler who did play for those hated Eagles for six seasons. You can, of course, see LaShawn every day on FS1 Speak. But he joins us today to talk about what happened last night. Nice to see you, What's sir. Right? I cannot compete with your I'm bling. Really Even mean. I can't compete with all that stuff. We had to bring in a little bit of reinforcement for you. Really? Yeah, yeah a little bit of yeah. reinforcement. You're going to need some help today because yeah. I, I knew think you're exactly running scared. Going. I knew exactly what was going to happen as the clock started to tick. <laughs> all right. There was a shocker in Minnesota last night. Brock Purdy threw two fourth-quarter interceptions, and the Vikings hung on to win 22-17 thanks to as great a game as I have ever seen Kirk Cousins play in his life. Nearly 400 yards passing without Justin Jefferson. Cousins and company went 8 of 13 on third down against that vaunted 49ers defense I keep hearing about, which, by the way, failed to sack Cousins a single time and forced Minnesota to punt all of one time. Keyshawn Johnson, what did you learn about Brock Purdy and the 49ers last night? I didn't actually be honest with you, Skip. I really didn't learn anything. The thing that I learned is the 17-game season. I'm not about to get all prisoner of the moment in this situation. You look at the football game, you look at where it was at, you look at the things that happened in the game. There was no Debo Samuel to be seen. That is the toughness that we talk about, the aggressiveness, the, the physicality. It was missing. Trent Williams, physicality once again, missing. Now, look, when you start to break down the game from beginning to end, obviously the interception by Ward didn't lead to any points, so to speak, right? Because McCaffrey fumbled. Now yeah. McCaffrey fumbles yeah. the football. That was yep. a mistake. Yep. You missed the field goal. That was a mistake. Yep. So you start to look at the team and you assess it right before the half. The young pup in Jordan Addison, I like to claim him at USC, even though he started his career at Pitt Panthers. But I'm going to claim him much like Oklahoma claims Jalen Hurst because that's where he ended at. That's where he learned to throw the football. And and, and so when you you talk about those sort of things, he takes the ball away from Ward, scores the touchdown. Now when you look at it, the thing that and I, and, I, and I know I started off by saying I didn't learn a whole lot because it's a 17-game season. What I did learn is the Minnesota Vikings defense yeah. played when they needed to solid and sound, unlike the, when they played against the Philadelphia Eagles, giving up 260-plus yards on the ground and only allowed 60 yards on the ground so against the San Francisco 49ers. So they completely stepped up to the plate. When you mitigate something, mitigate something away from Brock Purdy that allows him to be Brock Purdy, although Purdy played okay, didn't play great, didn't play bad, five, last five minutes of the game, the two interceptions, hmm. uh, ill-advised throws, in my opinion, in terms of those picks. You look at when he's played from ahead, he's 12-1, 12 touchdowns, to one interception. When he's had to come from behind, he's had five TDs 
and four INTs. So yeah. you, you start to look at that and you start to break things down and you say to yourself, this was not the best game played by the San Francisco 49ers. Nick Bosa looked like another defensive end in the conference. I'm not going to mention any names. I think you know who I'm talking about. Okay. He didn't put any pressure at all on the quarterback, so to speak, huh. and harassed them. Wait, did – I'm – Yes, this is the defense. Did he play? This is the defense that was one of the. I don't remember. Did he play? This was one of the top defenses a couple weeks ago. They are still a top defense, although they've gone and made some mistakes along the way. Now I understand the party is on. They got the same record, but the one thing, Skip, that you are missing. They beat the you-know-what out of y'all. Yeah. So they're they ahead of y'all. That was a long they, they, time ago. That was ancient history. Doesn't matter, though, man. Ancient Doesn't matter. You always tell me, what does it matter about yesterday? How about today? No, 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 How no, about no, no. Yesterday meaning 1970, uh, not, not two weeks ago. Uh, well, I'm talking true. about history, All not right. a couple days ago. Shady McCoy, can but, you do any better than that? I mean, but, I mean, you're talking about that. They're not the best team in the NFC. No. See, see, that's what I learned. Mm. See, what I learned, what I learned from these last two weeks is that they are not the best team in the NFC. It's easily the Eagles, right? That's, that's another topic. But one thing about Brock, we'll, we'll get to that in just a minute. Yes. Brock Purdy is is a, is a young quarterback, and mm. I think these last two weeks his youth has showed, especially when a lot of the players are not there, right? You talk about Debo Samuel's not being there, mm. Trent Williams, and even McCaffrey not being 100. percent He was see, not. They're used to this team being the bullies. Last night, I didn't see no bullies. Mm. I see the Vikings being bullies. I seen the Vikings staying up to this tough. 49ers team. Mm. I mean, the, the first five weeks, we, we talked about how he's, what, been five, what is he, no picks? Last mm. two weeks, he got three picks. Yep. That's for a reason. There you go. When the running game is not working for the Niners. It was not. You're starting to see the, the youth, mm. Brock Purdy forcing these throws. He plays mm. solid, but he didn't play well, well enough to win. Mm. And I think the way they win is they run the ball well. They play tough physical defense. Yes. I mean, they've been averaging 30 points a game. Last night, what they had, 17? What, is it, what, they, what are they? 17. Yep. 20 so you're, you're seeing the formula of how they win games. And I think Brock Purdy is still the second-best quarterback in the NFC. I still believe that. Just that the formula of how they win. They need to run the ball. They need to be able to, to dominate on the line of scrimmage, get McCaffrey going, and get some of his players back. Because mm. if not, we're going to mm. keep saying this. Lose, loss, loss, Well, they loss. lost some of the physicality. Mm. And I That's think, right. Skip, you know that. I mm. think you, you don't want to admit it, mm. but when you lose two anchors on your offensive side of the ball, that matters. not played yeah. from yeah. a physical standpoint, yeah. mm-hmm. that matters. Okay. So you can chalk this up to on any given Sunday or Monday night in the National Football League that you both played at in a high level. But it's starting to feel like for the 49ers, it's every given Sunday. Because just when I thought they were about to separate from the world and go into another galaxy, another universe far, far away, they went up to Cleveland and lost to P.J. Walker. They went up to Minnesota and they lost to a Kirk Cousins who was 2-10 and 10 on Monday Night Football, who was 12-21 and 21 overall on any big stage, solo stage night games that he's played in his NFL career. They went up to Minnesota, where my Dallas Cowboys went up there three years ago with Andy Dalton at quarterback and beat Kirk Cousins. Two years ago, we went up there with Cooper Rush at quarterback in his first NFL start and beat Kirk Cousins. Last year, we, the Dallas Cowboys, went to Minnesota 
and played Kirk Cousins and beat him 40 to 3, which is even worse to me than 42 to 10. We beat Kirk Cousins 40 to 3, and Kirk Cousins threw the all-time party last night on a defense that I have had to hear incessantly about is dominating and too physical and blah, 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 blah. And wait, wait a second, 8 of 13, Kirk goes on third down, yeah. and they, they roll up. 452 yards and punt only one time? Are you kidding me? And they get it. Do the Minnesota Vikings, they get it first and goal at the two and come away with the field goal and first and goal at the one and come away with the field goal. This actually could have been a lot worse than 22 to 17. And Again, how could I not love what Brock Purdy had done through 10 games because he won his first 10 games? Probably would have won the NFC Championship game at your your Eagles if he uh, hadn't gotten hurt. I, uh, I don't know, but I the, the way they were rolling, I just I would have liked their chances. But I kept telling Keyshawn, I watched Brock Purdy a whole lot at Iowa State. Year I watched him for four years at Iowa State, and I never saw this. I saw kind of a gamer, maybe an overachiever a little bit, who, who knew how to play and gutsed it up and gave you his best shot and blah, blah, blah. Okay, but last night he started looking a little more in the fourth quarter like the Iowa State quarterback. He started to fall back to earth, and it, it didn't make you. How? Me, Where? Okay. Yeah. Two picks? Two, pi- two okay, picks so, in the fourth quarter? So he quarter? started to fall back yeah. because he threw two picks at the end of the game. Well, that's not a good so sign. So he started to all of a sudden yeah, look yeah. like Iowa State again? Can, can we <laughs> see the two picks? You almost made me call picks? you somebody else. <laughs> what, what's that? <laughs> What did you I almost, almost called you somebody else I used to work with? No. Yes. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> you don't do that. Well, I mean, okay. he, he does look young, but he's a young quarterback. He's just he's having a really, uh, really could, good could start. We sit here the, I, I'm sorry. I lost touch here. Keyshawn was going crazy. Here are the two picks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, okay, that's just – that just sailed. Right. I, I mean, I don't know what that was. That, that just was – he just, he, he, he just he threw had, a bad ball. Just uh, a bad he, he ball. He had to get it up yeah. over the defender. Yeah, but it just sailed on him. And then the second – are we about to see the second pick? It's the same one. Same one right here. Oh, so, okay. The second pick is – You got somebody – What we got? Slow, he tries to float it. That's against – Ah, well, yeah. first of all, you can't throw the yeah. ball back across your body. No. Okay, yeah. that, that's the yeah. first thing. So – when you talk about a young quarterback who who now in the first time has really had to engineer a drive to win a game, this is not engineering a drive for a field goal mm. against Cleveland where you only got to get 30 yards or whatever. This is now I got to get my team into the end zone. So right. the pressure comes to bear. I'm not ready to call him a pumpkin and completely say it's over with. No, no, I'm not no, ready no, to no, do no, that no, yet no, no. because when you got good coaching and you got good players around you, they will rally behind you, and the coaches will coach you up to not make the same mistakes that you made in the past. I believe in Kyle Shanahan. I believe in Anthony Lynn and company on the offensive yeah. side of the ball for the San Francisco 49ers. So if you are thinking for one minute that all of a sudden the Dallas Cowboys got to slide them in here somehow, mm. that they're going to get the number one seed or something weird, First of all, they got to worry about the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, right. Coming yeah. To the, San Francisco's already put them in the rearview mirror. Okay. Yep, so now – Okay. You got to worry about Philadelphia in two weeks. After the Rams, who you got to worry about, okay? Then you got to worry about the Philadelphia Eagles going into we coming, Philly. We coming, baby. Going you, into you mean Philly. the Eagles we get to play? We whatever, don't have to play them. We get what, to play yeah, them whatever twice. You call get them, to. Whatever you want to call them, but you started off the show screaming and hollering, mm-hmm. Skip, talking about basically y'all back, y'all in it. Yep. 
You're not. Mm. You're still probably the fourth team in the NFC mm. behind Detroit. Yep. And, and another thing is I feel like once they get back rolling their guys healthy again, there'll be that same team of, of dominating the game, running the ball, controlling the, the, the clock. They haven't been doing that because he doesn't have his guys there. Even last night, like, he's so young where when you want to carry the load, all of the top quarterbacks can do that. Guys are out, in and out, injuries. Okay, need you to win the game, do that. Mm. Brock Purdy's still a young quarterback. He can't do that yet. But once his guys get back rolling, Trent Williams come back, Debo Samuels, mm. man, they're going to be back rolling again. Mm. McCaffrey uh, healthy. Now, mm. they do got to play the Eagles. I mean, you know how that is. You know? mm. But so, we'll have a number one seat for sure. So I got a what if for you. For w- sure. What if Brock Purdy, young quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant, yeah. last okay. pick in the draft out yeah. of Iowa State, mm-hmm. what if he starts to lose a little confidence? Because once a young quarterback loses confidence in this league, it, it just drains out of his body as fast as anything you've ever seen, you, where you just yeah. suddenly – can't find yourself. You can't figure out wh- who was I? What 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 just happened to me? This is a rough league. Right. This, okay. this league sort of eats do, do eat, you, it, it eats its young, if you will, because it it will eat young quarterbacks. You know, I so, like to ask you questions. Yeah, Skip. Well, wait a second. I haven't finished my premise. What if after three or four of these kind of games down the road? You start to wonder, whatever happened to that kid? What was his name? Trey Lance. Do you remember that kid? I, whatever yeah. happened to him that they spent all those first-round picks on? Yeah. And then where did he go? I don't know whatever happened. To, oh, wait a second. I think he went to Dallas. Right. I think they gave right. up on him in favor of Brock Purdy. And you start to wonder, are you sure about Brock Purdy? Mm-hmm. Did you make a mistake <laughs> giving up so quickly on Trey Lance? Now, are we talking about long-term or are we talking about this season? Well, right you, here, right now. Okay, right yeah. here, right now. So – I believe in Kyle Shanahan. Do you believe in sure. Kyle Shanahan? Sure, I, I, I definitely do. Okay, so you Heart believe. So, so I believe in his father. In, yes. in the end, <laughs> let's play your game. Mm-hmm. That Brock Purdy starts to really, the the, the the yarn starts to unravel a little bit. Maybe. I believe that Kyle Shanahan, much like I've seen him do in the past, bring that yarn back. Yeah. Jimmy G started to unravel. Guess mm-hmm. what he decided to do? Say, man, mm-hmm. here's what we gonna do with you. Yeah. We're going to allow you to throw three passes in the game, and we're going to run the football, and we're going to play defense. So when you talk about a young quarterback starting to unravel, I believe in the coach on the sideline to get him back to a position where he starts to feel good about himself again. If you remember the year that they went to the Super Bowl, they played the – the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. I don't know if it was Minnesota first or Green Bay. I know they played those two. Uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo threw a total of something like 13 yeah. passes in those And they ran for like 200-some yards. Because they said, yeah. you almost threw a pick to send us home. We're not allowing that to happen again. So I believe in Kyle Shanahan, so I'm not really worried about it. If anything, what you should hope and pray for is that their schedule gets in the way. When they start to play Cincinnati and Jacksonville and Seattle, which Mm -hmm. knows them, and Philadelphia, Seattle, Baltimore, that's what you should be hoping and praying. They have the fifth toughest remaining schedule. And y'all have the fourth. Okay, I got it. They got culture, though, right? So when you're worried about a young quarterback struggling, maybe losing confidence, Mm -hmm. they got got a structure over there. They got a culture. And, And another thing is I had a chance to talk to Fred Warner. Mm-hmm. And, and he said all these good things about the team. How and, long ago? Just, just recently? This was a week ago. Okay, got it's it. a week ago. Yep. And the first thing he said was, Brock Purdy is our leader. He is. So when I, I hear that, because most young quarterbacks are not the leader. Yeah. Right? They're, they're following along the, 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 the pattern. What are we doing? We're following that blueprint. But they said he's a leader. I'm like, wow. That lets me know that I think he is confidence. 
mm. and confident. And then I think going forward, you might have these, these bumps and bruises. This happens. He's a young quarterback. The problem is two things. One is when, when something goes bad, everybody wants to just sell their stock. Oh, I can't. He's not that good. He's too young. This and that and the third. No, it's two bad games where every superstar quarterback to young quarterback, they have that. And I want to ride that, that, that ride with him because I think he's that good. He's still young and he's still improving. Mm. Yet I, I was so taken by him. I was so convinced that he was the realest deal that I was shocked that he would throw two picks in the fourth quarter because he got a reprieve when Minnesota missed the field goal because yeah, all yeah. of a sudden you've got the ball back and he makes a couple of nice throws and then all of a sudden he shocked me with that throw that ended the football game. So, I, I look, I, I give you – he's got more talent than you think. He doesn't have a huge arm, but it's, it's certainly good enough. It's it's anticipation. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's, yep. it's, it's all the above. And yep. I, I need – to give him one prop because early on he escaped on one scramble that he took off running on. That if was we could nice. See it, yeah, no it was, I didn't know he had this in him. If we could see this, yeah. it's it's early on, second down, and he just says, "I Excuse escape," me. and I'm off to the races. Yeah, and, and there was a little bit of acceleration there that I didn't know he had yeah. because yeah. I didn't see that at at Iowa State at all. Okay, so he's got the ability to play at the highest level. But he was riding a magic carpet ride, obviously, for a very talented football team that was playing at full strength through all that, that time that we just talked about. They were not at full strength last night. And to oh, your so point, you admit they are not okay, at full strength. Well, yeah. well obviously, they you didn't. you got to admit that. Okay, if you don't have Debo and Trent, you're not at full strength. Yeah, and, yeah. and McCaffrey ran hard last night, and he had that one breakaway on the little slip screen. But the, the point was that I'm looking at their running total, and they ran 22 times for 65 yards. That, that, won't, that won't have that kid's back enough. They went like that. Yeah, th- that's three yards a pop. It's not good enough. You did not dominate with your run game, and I was shocked that Minnesota ran as well as it did because it was yeah. gashing. The, it, it only had 74 total yards, but when they needed to gash, they gashed. And if I am – young Kyle Shanahan this morning, I, I'm as worried about my defense as my offense because that, you, yes. you got shredded last night. And, and that's what shocked me. I, I thought these guys were shut down. I thought they were invincible. And all of a sudden, they don't look quite so invincible. Well, if you, if you go and you dive into this offense, the scheme and the schematics and things that they do, what does it mirror? It mirrors the Los Angeles Rams. It's a, it, it, to a T. Who gives the 49ers problems in the passing game is the Los Angeles Rams. So mm. when you look at it, they're basically playing the Rams, except it was in Minnesota. So I'm not all that worried about their defensive side of the ball against the Minnesota Vikings as much as most people would worry about them at all. You think about it. That pass before the half should have been picked. I don't know how Jordan yeah. Addison took that we ball see out that, of the That's an interception. Yeah. They already got one earlier well, it was in the, the same game. Play. Same, same, same thing. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. as a defensive back, he got that. Give me that. Ah. But one guy's momentum Ooh. is going toward the ground. The other guy's momentum is on his feet going toward the end zone. And one guy had already gotten humiliated yeah. by the That's other true. guy. And so he just said, no, not this time. Not in my house. I'm taking this away from you as opposed to vice versa. And that was that was the play in the game because that's seven seconds left in the half. And when you least expected it, Minnesota just scored a touchdown. Yeah, it's been a defense for me. Like we talk about Brock Purdy and I get it. He's young. He's the, he's been playing well. We talk about him. But it's the defense for me because they haven't looked the same. They didn't look dominant. I'm used to the 49ers defense being dominant, shutting the run down, being physical. Them, them 50-50 balls, knocking it away or picking it. 
and they haven't been doing it. So as much as we want to talk about Brock Purdy, we got to talk about that defense. Well, the defense, the defense. You see what they did to your Cowboys. Well, and I didn't see nothing even close to that, right? I don't know what it was. It's like they need. Well, to, you know what it is? Again, need... you got to look at the scheme, and what Minnesota presents is problematic. Sometimes, and I and I try to tell Skip this all the time. What you tell him? So, sometimes the opponent is very difficult. Just it, it could be a bad team. Yeah. It's just a bad opponent. It's just bad matchup personnel-wise, and maybe Minnesota, much like the Rams. But just a bad situation against Kyle Shanahan and company. They have yet yeah. to understand that style offense and defend it, even though they run similar things, but not quite like the Rams in Minnesota. So you have to look at that. Okay, but Keyshawn, you talked earlier about the yarn unraveling. Okay. Yeah. No quarterback in this league has unraveled more than Kirk Cousins has. Yeah. <laughs> and I used to benefit he can't get from a Kirk greatly. He can't get a night. He, he had a night he had a of big nights, night. the yeah. greatest night of his life. Not against that type of defense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But again, he was 2-10 and ten on Monday I, Night I, Football. I, I and it. when he was in Washington, Dak Prescott owned him. I think oh, he wound up 5-1 and one against him. Because when, when you need him to unravel, he will throw it to you. Yeah. Well, he it, was throwing yeah. it to him. They I know. Just, I know. They didn't know, catch it. Didn't they, catch they didn't it. catch that one. But they yeah. caught the first one, right? Yeah. That yeah. Ward took the first one away. And I thought... Uh, here he goes. And, and I told you yesterday at the end of the show right here on the air, it's Kirk Cousins. I, I can't trust him. I can't bet on him. I can't believe in him. I picked it 30 to 10 49ers, and it should have been 30 to 10 49ers. But Kirk didn't unravel after the first interception. He kept going. He just kept picking them apart. And I kept saying, how is he doing this? Because he, he always looks like his helmet's too big for him. Yeah. He looks like some kid <laughs> they went up in the stands and said, can you play quarterback yeah. tonight? Here's some pads. Yeah, here, here, throw these pads on. This helmet's a little skip. big for you, but it's okay. I'm and, skip. But, but he stands in the pocket like a little scarecrow, like, oh, don't hurt me, don't hurt he's me. A, he's I a, like Kirk Cousins. He's a man. good quarterback, but yeah. he does have times when yeah. he gives the team I mean, give the ball to the other team. There's no question about it. Yeah. But you should be familiar with a, t- with a quarterback like that. That's no, I Curtin, agree. that's like the but, same but then person I read, walking in there. Man. I, I, one dark, one lighter. I ain't going to say the that. The same no. guy. Come on. No. I ain't going to say that. No, no. And then I read where Akers went up to him on the field in the fourth quarter and said, you got some effing dog in you. And I'm saying, you said that to Kirk Cousins? He, he's got no dog in him. I mean, come on. What? what I well, guess he, last he, night he, he did. He's seen what he's seen. One one. Night. That's all it takes. <laughs> yeah. It's just one night. Yep. And the 49ers have two losses. Who knew? Who knew? I, I thought they were going to break. You were the one talking yeah, about nah, they going I, undefeated. I, I kept I, telling you, not a chance. Yeah. Well, maybe, I didn't see the Vikings, though. I didn't see the Vikings. They maybe I like, was trying to set them up, Keyshawn. Oh, maybe now you're trying play to like put that. them on the Vikings last night. Now you're yeah. going to mix it, try to flip it. Yeah. You're going to try to sell it to me now. No, maybe I was being a trickster yeah, over here. Maybe I, I was being a shrewd you operator. Got beachfront property in Arizona, too. All right, yep. let's, let's get okay. Way to here. go, Kirk Cousins. I love you, man. Way to go. Congratulations, and thank you. Money making Kirk. Up next, oh, uh, no. I can't wait to hear LaShawn on this one. Yeah. Kevin Byard is now an eagle? You're kidding. Our Super Bowl yes. piece is here, baby. Let's go. When it comes to travel, we all know that feeling of wanting to escape to our happy place, whether it's hitting the beach, the ski slopes, or just kicking it with your crew in a tropical paradise. And Priceline wants you to get there and be very happy with a happy price. So you never have to miss a trip. Let me tell you, Priceline has got your back to make it all happen. 
My happy place is Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Picture this. Crystal clear waters, golden sands, and sun shining down on you like it's your personal spotlight. That's right. Cabo is my ultimate happy place. And you know what makes it even better? Priceline's VIP family feature. You heard it from me. That's right. VIP treatment for you and your squad. Imagine being with your crew, soaking up the sun and living your best life. And while scoring deals up to five times faster, it's like scoring a game-winning touchdown on vacation. Now, who am I taking with me to Cabo? To that epic trip, that adventure? My boys, my ride or dies, my crew, ones who've been there through thick and thin from the beginning to the end. I'm not taking any kids, no kids, just me and the boys living it up. So what are you waiting for? Download the Priceline app today and save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your favorite happy price with Priceline. Make some memories that'll last a lifetime. Cabo ain't ready for me or us, but we're ready for Cabo. Thanks to Priceline, the real MVP of travel. This one really got me. Howie Roseman strikes again. Yes, he does, baby. The Eagles go get safety Kevin Byard from Tennessee for a fifth and sixth round pick and safety Terrell Edmonds. Needed. As Cowboy fans know, Byard has been a Cowboy killer. Specifically a Dak nemesis. Three career interceptions off Dak. And who can forget this one? During that 2018 Monday night nightmare, Tennessee 28, Dallas 14 at Jerry World. Not only did Byard pick off Dak in the end zone, he mm. went T.O. and ran all the way out to the star at midfield to celebrate. No, 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 no. What's more, Byard was born in Philadelphia. His favorite player growing up was the Eagles great Brian Dawkins, good friend of mine. This feels like a match made in Eagles heaven. LaShawn, I love it. Play baby. for this team. Ooh, does ooh. adding Bayard clearly make you better than oh, the Cowboys? Does it? This is our Super Bowl piece that we needed, and you we got it. it. Howie, my guy, he did it again. It's like Howie, we trust, baby. Whatever we need, we gonna go get it. Quarterback, running back, whatever you need, we gonna go get it. The thing with Kevin is, I love him because first of all, he's a ball hawk, and Bayard, he he gets picks. We can bring it to a division where our, our part of best competition is the Cowboys and their quarterback. He gets picks. He does. So listen. It's a great connection to Philadelphia. I think once you bring a guy like that, he's a, a veteran. You have a veteran secondary. Sky's the limit. That's something we've been missing. We got that Super Bowl. Here we come. Back again. Yeah, when you look at this team, they added a piece that, you know, you talk about before the trade deadline. And I hate to bring this up, Skip. We heard about a week or so ago that the Dallas Cowboys were in the market for something. They were going to try to Howard Roseman doesn't say that. He goes out he and he delivers it. it. He gets it done. He's not messing around. This is the second time in, in, in two years that he has gotten out and got a game changer for them. Now when you think about the A.J. Brown situation, he goes out middle of the night, he grabs that. Now he goes out in the middle of the night, boom. He upgrades at a position of need because of he need. realizes, hey, okay, Garner Johnson's not with us anymore. Let me find somebody better than that. And he went, went out, got with the Titans because they have a relationship of trade partners. They do. And figured it out. Yep. I don't understand yep. it. How can he continue to work his magic? He goes out and gets an all-pro, two-time all-pro guy, to now 
be the leader on the back end of a secondary mm. that is still shut down with Slay in, in Bradbury. Yep. And then they're not done yet. From what I'm hearing, they may be sniffing around for another corner to add to the mix. So if I'm you, Skip, yeah, be I would be worried in two yeah. weeks. Okay. I was not threatened by Julio Jones. I love Julio Jones. Uh-huh. I, I like him personally, and, and he is an all-time great, but he ain't that guy anymore. Ooh. He's not going to change life in Philadelphia. Will he help here and there? Yeah, but when I was pulling for him so hard to help Brady last year, he just he wasn't able to stay healthy. He pulls something right and left, and he's always got pulled this or that. So at his stage and age, he doesn't threaten me yeah. the way Kevin Byard threatens me because he's a football player. Right. He's a leader. He knows how to play. He knows when to play. And he was a favorite in Tennessee. He was a fan favorite, a coach favorite. Captain. He was a captain. Yeah. I was shocked he was available. I know they're two and four, but and I know their quarterbacks hurt, but, but still, I, th- that division is terrible, and I thought you, you're – you're giving up already? You're going to just trade away? You're going to clean the cupboard out and just start over? Is that what you're doing? Because now Derrick Henry, I guess, is on the block. And we, by the way, Keisha, we still have another week to go before the trade deadline. So, no, I'm not. Okay, I'm not saying I, the Cowboys aren't okay, going to do I, anything. I, I, I'm just I might do a little something. The Eagles done done some things. They, they, we always they do. Done done us in because that's the kind of move where fire just haunts Dak Prescott and and. Sean, I cannot disagree. I mean, obviously, Dak led the league in picks last year, and part of that was because at Tennessee on a Thursday night, we did win the game over Tennessee. Mm -hmm. But if we could see what Dak did in that game, he threw two picks. One was not his fault because the kid Hendershot, he just couldn't hang on to the pass and it just popped up in the air. But guess who's Johnny on the spot? There he is again. He's the ball hawk. He just right place, right time. And then the second pick was horrendous. I, it, it, sometimes Dak throws one where I say, I don't know what you're thinking. This is still the first one to Peyton Hendershot, the rookie. But, but th- this one, I'm like, I, I don't know what you saw. I oh, no. That's okay. a pick right there. And after the catch is nice, too, though. Did, did, did you not see? What, 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 yes. He's sitting on your route. He is Skip, you're used, you used to this right sitting. here. Sitting. You're used to this. Okay. So that's the third time. That was the charm. And, again, we did win the game. We overcame the two picks. For the most part, we overcame the 15 picks during the year that tied for the NFL lead because we did get to a playoff game. We won one at Brady, and we lost one at San Francisco. But my point is you you needed him. That's exactly what you needed, and you got him. And, and Howie Roseman, who, by the way, did not even play high school football. How can he know football? I don't know. Oh, how, how, oh, how, how he knows. How do you explain? How do you explain? How can you not play even high school football and know football? Who knew? But he does know, and it is always under the cover of darkness that he slips in and slips out with the prize. He got the prize. In fact, I think when the trade deadline clears, when the smoke clears, you might look back and say, well, how he got the best piece, he got Kevin Byard. Because unless Jerry, th- this is what I hate about Jerry. <laughs> Jerry's pride is so huge that if Howie does something, Jerry won't respond just out of pride. You know, like, like I'm, I'm too good. Need to do that, right? I, 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 okay, let them go do whatever they do because we're the Dallas Cowboys and, and we just do what we do. We do what we build through the draft. Well, maybe that philosophy yeah, needs to change. Maybe. Yeah, but was- they, they did go... Obviously, and get a receiver 
from the Raiders that that you used to yeah. love, right? Yeah, I, I like him. Okay, that was 2018, and that that was he that arrived. That's long. That's long gone though. Okay, that but, but, but he, Amari ironically arrived the night of that Kevin Byard pick in the end zone because he barely practiced, and Dak tried to get him the ball in the back of the end zone on that pick at Jerry World, and it was a horrible idea. And here it is again. It's a horrible idea and a horrible throw. But I want to put his ball. He should do that. I, ball. I don't even know what he's doing. But see, it's it's to Amari who had just been there for maybe like a day and a half. Yep. And they did go to Philadelphia, by the way, the mm-hmm. next week and beat the Eagles in Philadelphia and they took off down the stretch. Yeah, that wasn't a good okay. Eagle team. No, okay. All right. But but again, w- were the Eagles good last year? Well, they made it to the Super Bowl. Well, g- guess what we did on Christmas Eve? I know it was it was See, Gardner Minshew for the now, other team, but guess what we did to your it's defense? Not Jalen Hurts. Okay, it's not Jalen Hurts. Okay, Jalen Hurts doesn't play safety. And, Didn't okay. they already yeah, clinched, okay. though? Come okay. on now. But, but this is December 24th. It it's December I'm, I'm just trying to get out the building to get know, but, to the playoffs. But, but, but wait a second. We scored 40 yeah, that's, on that. That's, we that's, hung 40 that's, points. That's old stuff. But that's the thing, though. It's not old stuff. It's now stuff. But when you bring a guy like Kevin Byron to the Eagles, though, now, that's that's another veteran. That's another leadership that, that we need. I mean, because one thing, we're not getting the pressure we got last year. You I will say not. that. Right? Thank we're you. We're a quarterback without any pressures as far as blitz-wise. The, the front four was getting to the quarterback. Now we're not getting that as much. We're not getting as many picks. But I feel like now we got a ball hawk in the back. The quarterback might hold that ball a little longer. Okay, yeah, is he open? Am I throwing that? Huh? Kevin's back there. So I feel like uh, um, Howie Roseman always finds a way to make our team better. Right, like all our players, well, of even course. Darius Slay, right? James Darius. Bradbury. You like, go Bradbury, you go Slay, you go Swift, you can go Jalen Carter was sitting there, Hassan, he said, I'm Hassan get Reddick, like all, everything we need, we got. Mm. So when you look at, when you start comparing these teams, see, Andy Reid, I was fortunate enough to play for him for so many years. He's always talking about the mismatches, right? You got to find a mismatch on offense and on defense. Yep. Where now, I feel like in the secondary, we were kind of weak at because we're not getting the pressure that, that we need up front. But now you bring a safety like this, that's all we need. I can't wait. If you think Dak Prescott was back against the Eagles, before, oh my God, it's gonna be a nightmare. You bringing that boy to Philadelphia? Oh my God, mm. picks on picks on picks. I mm. can't wait. Mm. And whenever in Africa, and when the game happens, mm. Skip, I gotta mm. be with you. Okay, good. we gotta go chicken wing some together. Okay. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I don't know if you I, drink beer, but look at a little beer. I, Let's box I, I don't, the game together. I don't eat chicken wings and I don't okay. drink well, beer. But whatever I'll you do, drink. I'll be there. We gonna drink that? Yeah. Okay, you got it. I will remind both of you that Big Play Slay and Bradbury both played at Dallas on December 24th. They care. both they were starting who was quarters. the quarterback? They played the whole – who was the quarterback? Dak Prescott was the no, quarterback. No, no, for Eagles, Gardner Minshew. For the Eagles. Gardner Minshew. Did you see what he did the, last week? He, but you know he's what really up, good. He, when your quarterback is like that, you go in that game, you're like, oh, dang, he's you the already, but they already, Yeah, mom, you're already thinking that. They already clinched. They was good. They was chilling. They didn't, yeah. It was nothing this is your to play for rival. except you got embarrassed. healthy. You got get healthy, stay you healthy, so we can 40. get to the Super Bowl. You gave up forty. Okay, that's yeah. fine. We gonna see though. You didn't carry oh. that. You didn't carry that same okay. energy to San Francisco. Okay. Right. So right. here's the point. It is now time carpet. for Jerry Jones to respond. Pride or no pride, you got to swallow it and you got to respond because we don't need a safety. Because by the way, I'm not saying any of my three safeties are as good as the one you just got, but okay. we're close because. We do have J. Ron Curse, and we do have Solid. Malik Cooker, Solid. and we do have Donovan Wilson, who's a great blitzer. But well, there are three yeah. really good safeties. We have a three-headed monster I don't think safety. You need that's not, that's okay. not your problem. Okay. That's not the problem. But we do need another receiver because Michael Gallup just has not been Michael Gallup. He doesn't have the oh, Gallup wow. he used to have. Well, he doesn't. He just does, he never came back right you see that? off his ACL well, repair. That's not the real issue. Last week, right? it told you and Michael, there's two guys that. Teams are kind of 
you know, teetering downward that mm-hmm. I would certainly kick the tires on. I'd kick the tires on that kid in New Orleans. Yep. And I'd kick well, the tires the kid on in New Portland Orleans who Sutton. is related to you, that I'd kid? Kick the t- I'd kick the tires on that your nephew. Kid. I'd kick the <laughs> yes. tires on that. He's, a, he's on an expiring contract. Yep. He's healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So if that is, is, is easier to get than Cortland Sutton, mm-hmm. then you may want to get kick the tires on Cortland oh, Sutton. Wait, hold on, hold on. You need a large red zone opportunity. You don't have one. I understand C.D. Lamb is there. But you got to have a guy yep. in that zone okay. that's a big physical presence because the tight end is not. Do you but believe, that's on Jerry to do, not me. Do you believe that Michael Thomas would cost a one? Oh, no. You don't no. think so? No, his age, he's, he's, up, he's a little older. Okay. Uh, he's a little bit older. But it'll okay. call, you know, you get, get him for something. I don't, I don't think the wide receiver is the issue. I mean, you bring in Brandon Cooks, you don't even use him. Now, why don't you use Brandon Cooks? On every other team, no matter who the quarterback is, yeah, the he's weird thing is, Why is that? The weird well, thing is, I, know that. I, so I thought really, he was a deep threat, okay. and, and we use him on crossing now, hold routes. Now, they're, they're cooking somewhere. Mm-hmm. Now, why don't they use Brandon Cooks? Now, he's a deep threat. That's what he's for, speed guy. When they brought him, I'm like, oh, my God, they got him. They got CeeDee Lamb. You can put him inside or outside, most of the time inside. You got a speed guy on the outside with Brandon Cooks. The reason why they don't throw the ball deep, they got a conservative offense. <laughs> now, why do you have a conservative offense? Either it's because you got a rookie quarterback – or you don't trust your, 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 your veteran quarterback and Dak Prescott. Correct. Why don't you trust Dak Prescott? He threw 15 picks last year. Thank that's you. Not, so when people, well, hold on, no, no, no. When, when, people, when people talk about McCarthy, you know, when it's play calling, well, dang. Yeah. The first he said was, I want to run the ball more. Why that is, is that? Correct. Because we turned the ball over. Mm-hmm. When he had Aaron Rodgers, he was throwing the ball everywhere. Left, right, coaches, water, water boy, everybody mm-hmm. in the ball. We got Dak Prescott, he's scared to turn the ball over. That's why when they, when they win games, they let the defense go out there, win the game for us, Dak, you manage it. That's why they run the ball so much. So y'all keep talking about all these moves that the Cowboys got to make and Jerry Jones. No, 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 no. It's only one move the Cowboys got to make. <laughs> and that's that quarterback. Oh, so you said we need to go get yeah. a new quarterback. I'm just saying, all game. these other moves, what you need? Just, just snap you your need? fingers and go get run, a You got a running game, you got solid linemen, you got wide receivers. I can't it's the quarterback. I can't listen to y'all, man. Okay. I don't know. You it's need to not to y'all, it's him. I, I didn't yeah, say that. another quarterback. We, we, we are That's stuck with issue. our quarterback. We have our quarterback, and he is not going to win. When the game gets tight, you see what happens. Your boy just... They're getting ready to extend him. He's not going anywhere. better not Skip not happy about that. I'm going to jump out the window. Yeah, well, you might as well start floor. getting yeah. on the ledge and, yeah, and might, let me know so I well. can get jump but, but off obviously down we, there for you. I can't Eagle get out from under back at the trade deadline. I mean, do you think we can just snap your finger and say, You're oh, let's go get it? on from Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. So just get it out of your team. Okay, goal. so I, I am happen. stuck with mean? him this year, but we can work around him because every once in a while he can give you a game like he did against the Chargers. Okay, now that – Shady McCoy has joined the bandwagon of getting rid of Dak Prescott. Bandwagon? Who are you going to get? It's obvious. Who are you going to get? I don't know. That's not. Who, that's, who are you going to replace That's, not my, that's him not my job. My job is to tell you what's the real issue. Y'all keep no. talking about all these wide receivers. That's not the issue there. Okay. The issue is the guy throwing it to wide receivers. Don't, don't. Everybody, everybody that pays attention to this stuff is looking at the receiver position. And I like C.D. Lamb. And C.D. I Lamb like is, him a lot. C.D. Lamb is I love really him. good. He's he is nice. a pro bowler. And all, all pro. He's all pro. Thank but you. at the end of the day, if I am putting out receivers on the field, there's only one guy that's getting the football when we're throwing it, and that's number 88, okay? If I got to all of a sudden throw the ball to Michael Gallup or, or throw the ball to, to Brandon, Brandon Cooks, Cooks, yeah, that ain't the guy then. It ain't the guy. So the, hold on, hold on. What, what are you because saying? there's no other option when that guy's on the field, Period. 
When you look at the top dudes, mm -hmm. whether it's A.J. Brown, right. Devontae Adams, it, I can go on and on and on. Yeah. And there's other receivers on those teams. Mm. But this, when it comes down to it, you give the football to them. Period. But you, you spread the ball around. Everybody no. use names. No, I'm, I'm being serious. You got the number one who's going to get the majority of the targets because you're no, the number man. one receiver. When I, you're not going to tell, you, you're not gonna tell me that. When it's third and six and everybody in the building know where it's going, I don't give a damn, man. Listen. That's who getting it. Okay, Keyshawn, in your career, as great as you were, I'll bet I could go back and find lots of games where they threw a bunch of balls to other receivers. They yes, throw but every not, ball but, but yes, but when it comes down to it, we ain't having those issues in the red zone when it comes down to it. I'm going to take two or I'm going to take three or we going to force the ball to me with two or three. There is no other option. There is no so, other so option. Do you, do you like the Cowboys wide receiver core? Do you think they're a good wide receiver core? I like core? the core, but they need another guy. Yep, they listen. need a big dude. I agree. I would, I, would say, I would say that wide receiver core over a lot of teams in the NFL, for sure. Yeah, but we're not talking about a I'm lot of teams. You, 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 we're this, not talking about a lot of teams. What I'm saying, this is not fancy for you. just pick dudes up. They, mm. they, 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 the guys that they put together is a good roster. You, but the thing the is, Shady, you need a number one. You don't want them to get another one. I don't, it don't matter. They, <laughs> uh, them boys in Philadelphia, they ain't worried about that. Mm. You see what they them, them, them Dolphins. Anyway, mm. what I'm saying is, is you got your number one in, in CeeDee Lane. That's why he's an all-pro last year. Mm. He's like that. And then you get a dude like Brandon Cooks who used to be a number one all the time. That's why I'm confused. And then your number three is Gallup. Like, you tell me any other quarterback would, would, would thrive first, with that first, type first, of wide receiver first of all, core. First of, all, Michael Gallup, first of all, Michael Gallup is not getting open anymore. Okay, you right. look at well, what Michael about, Gallup from four I'm years not, ago. I'm not. All I'm saying, he's so not about, getting okay, open. So, so Thank you. What's your, what's your excuse about Brad Cooks not getting the ball at all? Well, I'm asking he, you that. He's had he, his moments. He, he had his he, moments. Last week. They're throwing a guy bubble screens. He's 5'8". Last he's week. speedster. Yeah, but they, that's not what they want to do offensively because they, so had, then why you bring they them? thought they had so a then championship why you bring them? defense. They thought they had a championship defense. No, not so, thought. We think. They, 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 they got a good defense. They thought they had a championship defense. Yes. And because of that, Mike McCarthy made a decision to get rid of Kellen Moore, who pushed the ball down the field at an alarming rate. Okay, when you throw the ball down the field, there, there's a, a propensity to have interceptions happen because you're pushing the ball down the field. Right. They wanted to tell it back because of the defense. Allow my defense to do certain things, and then we can methodically move the football down the field. And you say, why did they bring Brandon Cooks Why did they bring Brandon Cooks in there then? Because to do that? if they wanted to lift the coverage, he was the guy to do that. If they wanted to do it, that's mm -hmm. what it was. Yeah. You asked a question. Okay, so Keyshawn, it. Keyshawn. It's not bombs away. It's not Miami. Final question. If for some reason Jerry Jones wakes up tomorrow and says, you know what, Keyshawn's right. I got to go get his nephew in New Orleans. Whatever it does. <laughs> then the Cowboys are going to Super Bowl. Okay, that's why I said. Then you'll switch your pick the from Cowboys New Orleans 100%. to Dallas. 100%. So all yeah. of a sudden, all in. we got Michael Thomas. Nepotism. We got a Super Bowl scene. Nepotism skip, been around skip. for There it is, Jerry, nephew call him. laid on the table. Yeah. Yeah. So nephew no call problem. like, skip. Hey, 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 Keyshawn. No hey, problem. Hey, um, he throwing the ball everywhere. Um. No hey. problem. Oh, I get a lot of conversation. Hey, um, he throwing the ball to defense. I don't know why I came. <laughs> yeah, he is. That's going to happen. He is your brother's son. Yes. Am I right? Nepotism, Thank you. 100%. Thank you. Pure nepotism. You. I love it. Jerry, there it is. Go Come get on. it. Go don't get do it. it. Don't yeah. do it, Jerry. Go get him. All right. Up next, and I can't wait for this. I've been waiting all night. I couldn't sleep for this. Paul Pierce joins favorites. us okay. to talk James Harden. No mercy. No mercy. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp because your mental well-being matters. 
A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Unlock the power of therapy with BetterHelp and witness the transformative benefits it brings to your life, from gaining valuable insights into your thought patterns to building resilience in the face of challenges. Therapy empowers you to navigate life's twists with confidence. BetterHelp offers a convenient online platform. It's designed to be flexible, fitting seamlessly into your schedule. With a simple questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash undisputedpod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash undisputedpod. Your mental health journey begins here. It is now my pleasure to welcome in Paul Pierce. Paul was the truth for the Boston Celtics, and he speaks the truth about today's NBA. Welcome, Paul Pierce. Good to be here. All right. Paul worked with Rachel Nichols at the other network, and here they are together again on Undisputed. Rachel, let's start with you. What's your best guess as of this moment? on how this James Harden mess gets resolved. Well, look, James Harden recently was asked, do you think you can ever see yourself patching up things with Daryl Morey? And he (laughs) said, no. He said, it's like a marriage when you've lost faith in the other person. If we were at divorce levels at the start of training camp, we are at like Kim, Kanye, Angelina Jolie, (laughs) Brad Pitt levels coming into this week because there is a real question about whether he's going to show up for that game. If he does, is he going to do his like listless, I don't want to shoot for a quarter or two thing? Either way, this is about to get nasty. Remember, last year, Ben Simmons didn't show up for games. He ended up being fined $19 million over the first half of the season. That's real money, people. Mm. And we have to see if James Harden is willing to do that. Either way, he has shown he can be very stubborn. But remember, the Sixers can be very stubborn here, too. And there is a huge reason why they need to get enough value in this trade mm. to be able to keep Joel Embiid. They need to be able to bundle stuff together like flow from the insurance yeah. commercials and they need to push that into a big star before the trade deadline so Joel Embiid will feel like he had a real shot at the title okay, this so year. Okay, so now you're kind of leaning toward trade deadline before he goes? No, no, no. I'm okay. saying that's what the 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 They'd love to get him out of there right now, yeah. but the Clippers don't want to play ball with that. They've no. asked for Terrence Mann. L.A. Yeah. has said absolutely not. And this is just one of those things where Daryl Morey has to either accept the reality in front of him, which is that the trade market is just not what he wants to be able to flip that to keep Joel Embiid, or whether he's going to hold out for a little bit and see if someone gets desperate as the season progresses. Mm. All right, Paul, what do you think? I really don't even see a perfect fit for James Harden. I mean, I know all the rumors have been going toward yeah. the Clippers, but let's say he does go to the Clippers. You got Westbrook over there, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Uh, is he willing to take a lesser role? Is he going to mm. come off the bench? Does he start? He hasn't been there for training camp. Westbrook understands the system. He played well for him at the end of last year. And so is he willing to drop his ego, play a role? Otherwise, I don't see it even even of being a good fit for the Los Angeles Clippers, let alone any other team in the league. Okay. 
I, I like the fit. I like the fit with the Clippers. I just don't think. But they does can he come give off up. the bench? Does he start? No, he starts. Russ goes to the bench, which you know Russ has shown a little bit more willingness. Russ is turning 35 in like two weeks. Yeah. yeah. He he understands where he is at this point in his career. He actually was very encouraging during training camp. Someone asked him, they're kind of goading him. Or, are you going to get back to your old self, the way you were before you well, were at we're the gonna, Lakers? I'll, I'll show you that. In just All right, a moment. great. But the point is. I'm with Paul on this. Really? At some point, this league is going to say no to James Harden because he's he's 34 going on 44. He does not stay in great shape. And look, the, the best way I can sum up his career is he is obviously supremely gifted. As great a perimeter scorer when he was right as we've ever seen. But he has loser intangibles where when you need him the most, you you trust him the least because He's flamed out in playoff after playoff after playoff. So what happened against your Celtics, Paul? Home game, game six. Hey, hey, you've got two opportunities to step up. You've got it. You you score 45 in game one, then you come back with 42 in game four, and I'm saying, oh, there he is. I picked the Sixers to win it all last year. I think, okay, they got it now. No, they don't got it because in those two games, he completely and utterly disappeared, as we've seen repeatedly. So to me, the prospect of James Harden reuniting with Russell Westbrook back from their Oklahoma City <laughs> days in the backcourt is double jeopardy because I'm going to remind everybody, if you go back to 2016-17, James Harden was first in the league in turnovers and Russ was second. 2018, Russ won, James two. 2019, James won, Russ two. And turnovers, This is it goes year after year. Trey Young took them over, and they, they finished two and three in 2020. Then Russ led in 2021. James was second in 22. These are the two highest turnover makers that, that we've probably ever seen as a duo in the history of this league. And remember, Russ, over the last seven years, has shown you repeatedly he is the highest turnover plus worst three-point shooter we've ever seen in combination in the history of this league because he's always at the very bottom of three-point shooting and at the very top in turnovers. So how can you put those two together? If you think Ty Lue needed a sabbatical back in the day when LeBron was there, he, he would need a mid-season sabbatical because these two would would hasten his retirement. I, I cannot disagree more. Right. I, I think he is a great fit with the Clippers. The Clippers just know that they have to treat him like a rental for this season because you never know what he's going to do when you get to the end of the next season. But look, he is the reigning assist leader. He is a real pick-and-roll threat. He is probably going to be the best playmaker they've had at the Clippers if he gets traded there since Chris Paul. I mean, he they need him. And by the way, he would push Russ to the bench. So if you think Russ is dangerous on that team, Skip... <laughs> then you're going to get less of him if James Harden gonna, comes. How are you going to deal with Russ on the bench? Russ is Rachel humble, though. But now I'm saying, like, how do you put the ball in James Harden's hand and take it out of Kawhi and Paul George's hand? Yeah. How do you do that? They're not going to sit around and watch the James Harden show. No. He's going to have to come in and fill in a role. And we're not going to sit here and watch him ISO at the top, run, pick, and roll, and wait in the corner on the ball. This is Kawhi's team. This is Paul George's team. But he didn't do that last season in Philadelphia. He was able to play more of that team game. And I have faith in Ty Lue. I mean, that's your guy. Don't you think that if anyone can manage those personalities, it's Ty? I don't know if anybody can manage James Harden's uh, attitude because the last three franchises we've seen him with, he's crippled these franchises. I mean, look at what happened in Houston. They're rebuilding. Same thing in Brooklyn, and we're going to see a rebuild real soon in Philadelphia because if Embiid is not happy mm, in the next year or two, he's going to be out of there. And this is the James Harden effect that we're seeing 
everywhere he goes. Let him go to the Clippers, and the same thing is going to happen there in a couple years. Yeah, and to your point, Paul, we did watch James quit his way out of Houston, then quit his way out of Brooklyn, and now he's forcing his way out of Philadelphia. It's bad for the league because it sounds like I'm doing grumpy old man talk, but back in your day, when you did win a championship, you guys played. You know, it, when, you, when it's time to play, you play I basketball. Not, you play. You yeah. just play, okay? It's just how it has to be done. James doesn't want to play. He, it's all about James, and it's all about Russ. Russ is the all-time greatest solo act stat machine we've ever seen in the history of this league because for four straight years, what was it, four out of five, he averaged a triple-double. And, Rachel, you mentioned it. Can, mm-hmm. can we hear what Russ had to say to a question yesterday about can you get back to being Russ? This is horrifying to me if I'm Ty Lue, but here it was. It's always an interesting question for me because I always tell people, like, what it, everybody has their own, like, representation of, like, what is me getting back to me. Like, and for me, like, I only, I'm the only one that can set that table, in my opinion. Like, nobody else outside of myself can tell me, get back to yourself. Like, get back to myself would be averaging 20, like 21, 11, and 12, which hasn't been done in, I don't think, years. So if somebody tell me, well, you're not like yourself. You had, you're an average to, well, ain't too many people did that, but myself and somebody else. And I'm the only one that did it four times. So. I personally only want to make that expectation. Coming to the season, I know where I want to be. I know what I want to do. And if I exceed those, then cool. If I don't, then I know i got some work to do. But I'm the only one that can set that bar. How is that horrifying to you? Okay, he's literally lowering he, the expectations. No, on no, himself. he said to be back to Russ, he's got to go 21, 11, and 12. But he didn't that's say that's what you, you he You can't wants do it on do. this team. He's you, saying that other people have that expectation of him, and he's the only one who can I set that bar. That's not how that. I think he would like to get back to being that Russ, that triple-double average Russ. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he was really humble in the Lakers situation where he had to sit on the bench and come and back up Patrick Beverly of all people. I think that's a humbling experience. So he came to to Clippers to rejuvenate his career because at first you looked at Russ might not be in the league a little bit, uh, not too much longer, but now he's reinvented himself to where now you can see Russ playing this type of role with the Clippers for the next three, four years if he plays the way he played last year. He doesn't have to be a triple-double threat because he has other great pieces. In my opinion, Clippers probably have the deepest team in the league, so we don't need 21, 10, and 12 from him. He just needs to fill in the role, play hard, show some leadership capabilities, which I think the Clippers lacked. Mm. And he could be that voice in the locker room who's respected and, and, and be a leader, just as Jason Kidd was on that Dallas yeah. Mavericks team when they won a championship. Okay, but Rachel, yeah. how do you explain that LeBron campaigned to go get Russ and yes. then campaigned to get out from under Russ? Not everything works, Skip. Okay. Come on. We've all seen right. that on all kinds of teams before. I mean, that, <sighs> that doesn't surprise me, certainly not in today's NBA. It's like a soap opera here every day. Of course that kind of stuff is going to happen. I do think that Russell got a rude awakening, as you say, Paul, when he's backing up Patrick Beverly. I do think he got a rude awakening when everybody in that locker room seemed to want him gone. It got a lot of piling on toward the end there. And I do think that he is genuinely happy with the Clippers. And he knows this is pretty much his last shot. No one else 
else is going to pick him up at age 35. He loves being in L.A. He's from here. He's raising his family here. I think he is going to be fine. And what I took out of that clip is him saying, hey, you guys keep asking me. You expect me to be this person I was when I was the MVP. He said that's not realistic. He said that later in the quote. He was saying, I'm not that person now. I'm not the same age now. I have to set my own expectations. I'm the only one who can do that. I love hearing that if I'm Ty Lu. The question is, if James Harden gets into this mix, That's what how I'm will saying. that That's affect not a the great locker room fit. I don't know why this is being pushed to the Clippers, because to me, that's not a great fit. The like great the fit is staying in fit. Philly, to where you're the second in command yeah. to Joel and B. You have an opportunity at a championship. So obviously, he's probably not happy or trying to win in basketball. I agree. There's, it, other, there other, there's other things he's more worried about. Okay, I agree with that. The best fit for him is to stay put. But obviously, it's- as Rachel points out, the marriage has gone so bad that they feel like they've cheated on each other to some point to, that, that they can't live with each other anymore. But is there is Daryl Morey's M.O. here to try to wait James out and to show James that nobody really wants him badly enough for them to be able to trade him and get equal return? So is it possible that, that Daryl can kind of break James down into finally saying, OK, I'll play for you guys this year? Well, is- look. I don't, I don't think his goal is to break James down. His goal yeah. is to secure the team so Joel Embiid wants to be there. That's it. That's what all these decisions are being made on. And if he can trade James for what he wants, which is to get back from the Clippers, not only two picks or a pick and a pick swap, but Terrence Mann, who has become the sticking point in this deal. And there are people going, what are you talking about, Terrence Mann? This is what's holding <laughs> this up. But first of all, for the Clippers, that represents their future and their development. And for Daryl Morey, he wants him so badly because he can turn him right around Drew Holiday style, trade him for a more higher picks, yep. and then bundle that again to get another piece for Joel. Or he can convince James <laughs> to stay. But, Paul, you tell us, you've been in locker rooms like that. You've been with people who, when they want out, they want out. Can you convince James Harden to change his mind? There's no convincing a guy who's made over a half a billion dollars in, in, in basketball money on and off the court. Yep. I mean, you can tell his ego is through the roof. When he wants out, He wants out. Now, if you can find a trade for James Harden that keeps Philadelphia in contention, that will be the ultimate finesse move Mm. in NBA history because obviously James cripples franchises, like I said, and they don't have any leverage on the trade. You know, Mm. they've lost all leverage because James wants out and, you know, they're going to have to take pennies on the dollar. Mm. So, Paul, what does it say to you? that the Clippers say you can't have Terrence Mann for James Harden. What does that say? Look, I, I like Terrence Mann. He's a great kid, plays hard, comes off the bench. He's an igniter. He knows how to play, plays the right way. Okay, but he's just a guy. He's just yeah, Terrence yeah. Mann. That's what does that say? Me, that's telling me they really don't want James Harden. Yeah. I mean, you well, that's about, what Daryl Morey said. Daryl Morey made the claim me, they're not negotiating good faith. Like that's if, if you're point. not trading – Terrence Manford, James Harden, they really don't want him. Or maybe they've consulted with some of the other players like Kawhi or Paul George and, and asked their opinion. And maybe they secretly said, hey, I'm not sure that's a good idea bringing Harden to L.A., making him a fit on this ball club because we feel like Ty Lewis said this. We haven't had a healthy team in the playoffs in years. Let me see where my guys at on a healthy roster and going to the playoffs because we feel like we're a championship caliber team as put together right now. Mm, well said. All right, up next, NBA picks, and I'm going to tell you why I'm picking the Lakers to win it all. I'm picking the Lakers to win it all. I'm doing it. I'm sorry. Sue me. (laughs) Signs of the apocalypse.
This Friday on Undisputed, don't miss Little Wayne making his weekly appearance along with special guest 2 Chains, 9.30 a.m. Eastern on FS1. <laughs> Before we get to our NBA picks, it is your turn. You can reach us with your thoughts, pro or con, at hashtag Undisputed Live. Here we go. First tweet from Mr. Cleveland. Shady McCoy and Paul Pierce, undisputed, bringing the heat <laughs> with Merrill and J-Lo at the Oscars. I'd say this, that's about the equivalent. Second tweet, the way Keyshawn looks at Skip every time he brings up an old stat. <laughs> Cube from Friday. I don't bring up old stats. Hey, I bring up Friday. pertinent stats. No, you, you, uh, now stats. not even old stats. You just bring up... <laughs> history about what somebody did in 1970 that backs you right into a corner you cannot get out of please third tweet from our man rob crabtree nba is back king james is ready to live rent free and skips head all season yes sir no vice versa you might might have to pay him to live in your head vice versa and speaking of paul pierce is still here with Keyshawn and me as the time has come to make our NBA picks on the record in concrete, can't back out. Paul, you first. Who wins the East, the West, and the NBA This is an easy one, Skip. Easy. Okay. And I'm not being a homer, but the Boston Celtics Damn. easily have the best starting five in all of basketball. Mm. Jason Tatum and yep. Jalen Brown are coming into their prime as we speak. We yep. saw what they're, they're capable of. Adam Porzingis. Drew Holiday, mm. a veteran leader who replaces Marcus Smart, who we desperately needed. Yep. A guy with championship pedigree. Mm-hmm. Oh, they got to be the favorite. What starting five is better than the Boston Celtics? Mm. And then on the other side, I'm going to go with Phoenix Suns. I like what I've seen Are from you them. Really? I like what I've seen from them. That Bradley Bill addition mm. to take the pressure off Booker and KD. And also, if KD take a step back, and the big Booker be the guy and say, hey, you're the guy, okay. this is your team. Then come playoff time, we're going to see KD step up to another level. But who, right now, Booker gets them through the regular season with Bill. Okay, who runs the point for them? Who runs the I show? I think they all are great ball handlers. Okay. Booker showed me he in the did. playoffs last year that he yep. can be an assist guy and a scorer. Bradley Bill has shown that at times. Even KD, you know, in a short period of time. So these, these guys will okay, all so take responsibility. Okay, so you don't miss the guy who's going to be on the other team tonight, CP3. You don't think they'll miss that quarterback, that orchestrator, with that maestro? Way, with the way the game is today, Skip, we don't need a traditional point guard yep. anymore. Think about the champions that's won in the last few years. There's not Jamal Murray. Is he a traditional point guard? Steph Curry, is he a traditional? We get guys that can make plays with or without the ball. We don't need a guy, to assist man, to set us up, to get us in our spots. That's no longer needed in today's game. So if we got a guard who's dynamic, who can shoot, who can make plays, that's all you really so need. They have plenty of those. you guys have pulled it off without Rondo back in the day? Well, it was a different game back it then, was. Skip. It was a different game. You know, we all played roles. So Rondo was was vital to what we were trying to do. So, But those type of point guards, you don't see those guys in the league anymore. You don't see guys giving you 15, 16 assists anymore. It's not That's not the game. Except for Chris Paul. I mean, that's what he's always done. Maybe he can't do it at that level anymore. But that that's what he was doing for Phoenix. Yeah. I, I kind of agree with Paul in terms of the teams that's going to be in that final four, right? But I don't agree with him on who's going to take the chip home mm. or come out of the East. I know he's a Celtic Ooh. through diehard, but when you Talk look at it, man. the Celtics certainly, as you, as you know, you just mentioned it, Marcus Smart is gone. Then you bring in Drew Holiday and Jalen Brown. Al Horford is there. 
But we don't really know what Porzingis is going, which Porzingis is going to show up. But we do know the one that averaged twenty it, and ten last we, year. We don't know, you know, it, it, twenty and ten last year. But then we can that. look at we can look at some, is good we can look at some other years where it's like, well, I mean, this dude, you know, they done moved him around a little bit as chess pieces for a reason. I mean, he's been moving around for a reason, as you know, PP. And so now you talk about the Bucks with Giannis, and we know Dame Lillard gonna show up. Yeah, you lose a little bit. On the defensive uh-huh. end, but you still got Lopez, you still got Giannis as, as rim protectors, there's Chris Middleton in there, then you got Bobby Portis, so and Malik Beasley. And then when you talk about the, the addition of Dame Lillard, this is the first time, and correct me if I'm wrong, PP and, and Skip, uh-huh. the first time mm-hmm. that he's played with a, a guard that could score like this. And I know you'll say, well, Drew Holiday could score, yeah. Not like that. Okay. But no. not like that. No. Not like that. Well, it's, like, he, it's like 20 a game to 30 a game. And, yeah. and the yeah. assist is basically, that's a wash. It they is. both averaging about seven a game. Mm. So when you, you look at that, I got, because of that, I don't really, I'm not a Porzingis guy, and I may be just, you know, I don't know. Just, I mean, he's taking Porzingis or Brooke Lopez. Man, for what for what I like, Brooke Lopez <laughs> pulling the three big and, and rim protecting, <laughs> and he's going to be there. That's no, he, the key. He, he missed a lot of games now. Yeah, but he's going to be there, though. He's going to be there. I, I'm not sure. He's going to be there. So I'm, I'm grabbing Milwaukee. Milwaukee out the is the worst possible matchup. The, the Celtics is the worst possible matchup for Milwaukee. They got mm-hmm. two dynamic athletic wings who on Agreed. Milwaukee can guard them. And on Agreed. top of that, when you start going down the stretch, we having these conversations about what is Tatum? Is Tatum going to show up? Is Tatum going to show up? No, you, uh, ain't, you ain't never got to have that question. You ain't going to. You're not going to say that. We saw him in game seven. We you saw him game seven in Philly go for 50. Yeah, what are we then, talking then, about? In game three, you saw him do what? And then game two, you uh, Listen, he shows up when they need it. I've seen that year in and year out. He sprained his ankle game seven versus Miami. I mean, you know, what you I mean, he well, rolled it all the way all the city. Front row. I was front row. He rolled it all the way on the so Game seven that. in Milwaukee the year before. I mean, game six, to, to yeah. bring it to game seven, 46. So we're not going to talk about Tatum not being that clutch guy or is he going to show up. This is not – we're not talking James Harden. That the subject is over. No, different. We're talking different Tatum. Conversation. We're talking Tatum. Now, he it, shows up. Different conversation. I, I just know at times he's disappeared for, for my liking for a guy that's at the top of the heat. Okay, so you're but taking that Milwaukee over I'm taking Boston. Milwaukee. Okay. And I got to argue against PP about the Boston <laughs> Celtics. So now when we move out to West – you already know where I'm going. It's not even close well, do as far I? as I'm concerned. Of course. Well, I'm going to roll with the Lakers even though I like the Suns. Wait a second. You, you already picked the Suns to win the West. You told but, me a week but, ago. But I changed my mind. Oh, you changed your <laughs> mind. I changed my mind. Come on, have it some guts. Me, it takes me a minute to think. I got guts. I just changed. I just changed. I'm a homer. There's no question about it. Now, look, Phoenix, certainly with the addition of, of Bradley Bill, they got something. There's, and I believe in KD. But I can't go against a 39-year-old LeBron James. And then we went out and got Woods. I can't. And then, now AD feels to me like he wants to be the guy for the I Lakers. Agree. He's talking about being the guy. He He's never once said, I got to be the guy. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, he's saying it. He's, he's you know, he's standing up tall and saying, I'm going to be the guy. So at 39 years old, with all the LeBron hate that you bring to the table, mm-hmm. I'm truth, here to erase you mean the that. the truth I bring? Yeah. How do you? Mm-hmm. Skip, here we okay. go. Yep. And then Austin Reeves, obviously. He could obviously take a different role in oh. clutch time, closing situation. You know, Austin Reeves. I know, Paul, you you looking at sold. I'm not sold. I'm just not sold. How could you yet. not be sold? I mean, he wasn't on the scout report last year. Hmm. We all know that. People in the NBA know that. When okay. you're not on the scout report, you, you, can, you got free reign to go out there okay. and ball out. Now, okay. 
when you come into these arenas, you on a scouting report. But, but how long was he off the scouting report? All year. It's 82 games. All at year. some point, hey, listen, we're not respecting point, you... Austin Reeves. He got to do this for a whole season for us to respect this. Go ahead. We're going to let him kill. Go ahead. We're going to let but, you do but, that. But, if he going to ball out or y'all win, man, hats off. But I'm, mm. not, saying, I'm not saying he's got to score 25. Mm. I'm talking about the shots that matter. Mm-hmm. In certain situations where LeBron and AD are not the closers, now all of a sudden, last year's playoff games, they were the closers in the situations Austin Reeves was not. So now maybe they give him an opportunity at times yep. to close it out. Mm-hmm. I understand you saying scouting report, but yeah. he had 82 games to figure him out. Mm. And you just let him you roll into LeBron, the playoffs? You got LeBron and AD. That's where all we – we before the game, this is all we talking about. Mm. If Austin Reeves scores 25. Like I said, hats off. Y'all deserve to win, period. But now he's going to be on the scout report. They're going to game plan for him. I mean, yeah, he had a great year last year. He He went to the USA team, looked solid. So now everybody's taking notice. Everybody takes notice when you start playing well. Mm. And so now they're going to be like, we're going to game plan for this now. Now you're going to be game. Yeah, but he he got paid. Like now... They not worried. I'm telling you, this is how it works, Keyshawn. No, I'm, I'm like, look. This is how it works. You played in the NBA, even though yeah. you argue with me about your Washington days was really good. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Washington was a great year. Man, I don't want to hear Come that. Come on, stop, I don't Paul. Hear that. I had I to tell wanna... Paul Skip his Washington days was we don't more care like about his Washington, his Washington <laughs> we don't days. About his Boston Wait, days. no, but he tried to tell me okay. his right. Washington days was, was equivalent like... to Shaq on Phoenix. No, you said Shaq in Miami. I said not a chance. Shaq in Cleveland and Boston. Who you think you fooling? We won't Phoenix. talk about Paul's Clippers days. <laughs> no, that was I was I was a coach for the Clippers. Okay, so thank thank you. All right, it is my turn. I want to go back to what Paul talked about. Drew Holiday, and then Keyshawn chimes in and says, well, the assists are a wash. Well, is defense a wash between Drew Holiday and Dame? Because Drew Holiday has, he's the flip side of James Harden for me. He has winning intangibles. He always has had. He can get you 20 a game. He will take and make big late shots, and he will take whoever is on the other team. I know... That guy in Miami, Jimmy Butler, torched him in that first round last year. But Jimmy would have torched any human, including Michael Jeffrey Jordan, the way he was shooting the basketball in that right. first round series. My point is, Drew Holiday is, is, is a cornerstone piece. He's what you can win championships with because he helped them win one, obviously, in Milwaukee. And he's at the, the height of his powers now because he's physical he can defend at the highest level he's a perennial first team all defense player Milwaukee is going to miss him dearly because Dame plays little to no defense and I don't care what you say Giannis at one point is going to wake up and say Dame can't you guard anybody I get it you pick and roll and we have a blast together and you get your shots and I get my dunks and we're we're happy together until you have to stop the other team and you don't have Drew Holiday. Until you have to make the right play down the stretch to win the basketball game and you don't have Drew Holiday. He will work wonders for the Boston Celtics because he's a little bit, to me, of an upgrade even over Marcus Smart, a former defensive player of the year. But on offense, he can do more things than Mark. He's more trustworthy on offense. So he was a beautiful pickup for the Boston Celtics and put them over the top in the East. Now I'm to your pick, Keyshawn. To me, this is where Paul and I part ways. I do believe that Austin Reeves is going to make the difference for the Lakers this year because he showed me last year again and again and again that LeBron James trusts him 
and it is hard to win LeBron's trust. I don't know how he does it because I watched him for two years at the University of Oklahoma, Austin, because I'm an Oklahoma fan. He was a horrible three-point shooter. He was a 28% three-point shooter in college. That usually means you're going to be a big bust in pro basketball. And he has taught himself to be a deadly three-point shooter and a deadly clutch three-point shooter. Okay, you could be right about scouting report. But he went to Europe on the with the world team, and, boy, he rose and shone. He, he was coming off the bench making a difference for that team. I think he's going to make a big difference for the Lakers because I do think LeBron will take a half step back this year and let AD be the man more and let Austin have the ball a little bit more down the stretch. I keep bringing this up. I'm bringing up one last time to you, Keyshawn. They had four shots against Denver. They had them. They had them right there, but they were right there. They were right there in the fourth quarter, four straight times, and LeBron goes 7 of 23 and 1 of 10 from three. It's just not good enough. They put the ball in LeBron's hands, and for whatever reason, he couldn't do it. Maybe he ran out of gas. Maybe he ran out of clutch. You can argue it one way or the other. But Austin Reeves, in those four fourth quarters combined, he makes eight of ten shots and seven of eight threes in the four fourth quarters. They just didn't let him have the ball enough to make an impact. So I look at what Rob Polinka continues to do, work magic with this roster. I, I just like this team because I like Hachimura. I think yeah. he's really good. Yeah. I think Torian Prince they added is really good. Jared Vanderbilt, these guys can play high-level defense. Christian Wood can score the basketball. Gabe Vincent is a clutch shot maker, as we saw from Miami. I've always liked Cam Reddish, and I think LeBron will get the best out of Cam at six foot eight, as he's got the NBA body. Jackson Hayes can run the floor and rim protect. I just like this roster from top to bottom. I saw them have four chances against Denver, so I'm going to pick them to win the West. And I'm going to pick him to beat the Celtics, Lakers, Celtics for the whole thing. This all depends on, listen, in the bubble, I, I literally saw LeBron hand 80 the torch. Here's the torch. And you know what I saw after you that? Did. I saw him hand it back to LeBron. So if he's not willing to carry that torch. Yeah, okay. For this team this year and being MVP conversations, we will not be talking about the Lakers. Well, he's had, he has stretches. He has stretches, but he keeps getting hurt when he, he has those stretches. Okay. He's got to stay on the court. Let me ask you this, though. Go back to Milwaukee, Paul, mm -hmm. because you had to play defense in the NBA at some point in your career, period, bar none, right? Right. Isn't it all effort, though? Because everybody's complaining, not complaining, talking about Dane won't play, he won't play, he won't play. If you in Portland and the emphasis is not a defensive-minded situation, and when you get to a defensive-minded situation, don't you have to participate? Because the way Skip makes it sounds is if he just go try to score and he don't care anything about defense and Giannis is going to put his hands up in the air even though he just signed an extension three years, $186 million. Isn't it just effort when you're on a defensive team? Yeah, but when you're scoring 30 at night, how much effort do you have for the defensive <laughs> side of the ball? Yep. I mean, you're carrying this load on offense – and you're telling Dan, we need you to be big shot maker, playmaker. Yep. And you're asking him to play defense, too? I mean, at a high level, at a high effort level, when I'm already giving you maximum effort on offense, which is really my forte, it's tough to do, especially at that age where Dame is at right now. I, I agree. Keyshawn, it's a mindset. Did you get I taught as a young effort. player? Well, it is. It's it effort. Is. Okay, but Dame likes to shoot logo threes. He likes to make pretty shots. He likes to make big shots. Yes, and they go I, in I a lot. That. Okay, all right, I, I got it. Well, you better, you better be able to outscore teams because you're going to lose right. a lot on the defensive end because you're going to lose some of that mindset as a team. 
because of him. And no Drew have, Holiday. I, I don't have anything to say. Scott. Well, okay. Well, I got I you again. You <laughs> got you again. I just picked the Lakers. What do you, <laughs> you want? I didn't, I didn't ask you to pick the Lakers. You picking the Lakers so that you can flip it when they don't win or something or something I like goes this wrong. Team. I like and you it. can all of a sudden no. say LeBron's fault. Nobody, I know what you're doing. No, you ain't I told sick. you, I, I need LeBron to take a half step back this year. If the Lakers don't yeah. advance and you pick them, all you're going to do is come on the show talking yeah. reckless about LeBron. Reckless so or do? truth? Reckless. Okay, well, when have I ever spoken reckless about LeBron? I just Literally said what I see. Literally every single time that I, we talk I, about the Lakers. Okay, well, I, I back to, wait, 7 or 23, is that reckless talk? Okay, he was 7 or 23. Oh, Mike, so it we happens? Can, we, can, we can go into the bag. We can go into the bag and pull out some bad statistics about a lot of people. Hey, all I know is. Facts when, are facts. Hey, when oh, this, but Paul, don't, facts don't, don't, don't do this, man. Truth is truth. No, don't when, do this. Don't fall for it. Truth is truth. Truth played LeBron James head-to-head. I, I like yeah. the truth. I like the truth. Of well, I took the Lakers and we split 1-1. So now. Mm. Oh, no, no, no. You're talking about with Cleveland. Mm. In Cleveland. I'm talking about Cleveland. I'm thinking about the Lakers in Boston. Yeah. All right. Up next, we got to get back to the National Football League because this is the question. Can Lamar, now fifth in MVP odds, catch Mahomes for MVP? I'm giving him a shot. No mercy. No mercy. LaShawn McCoy is back with Keyshawn and me. Time to talk NFL MVP. Patrick Mahomes is starting to separate from the field in MVP odds, followed by two and Jalen Hurts tied for second with Lamar Jackson fourth. And now Brock Purdy, who looked like he was running away with MVP just two games ago, now fallen to fifth in the odds after back-to-back losses. So Keyshawn. What shot do you give Lamar off that amazing game he played Sunday against Detroit to track down Mahomes and win MVP? I give him a big shot, 100% shot, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's at the, for, for me, I'm not talking about Vegas and the odd makers. We're just talking about for me and my eyes and what I see. Okay. He's right at the top of the leaderboard with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, when you talk about the narrative and what people tried to say the week before, oh, we need to change the offense. Oh, they got to start doing this. They got to use his legs. He got... And all he goes out there is torching the air. I mean, he's just putting the ball, sprinkling it all over the place. Mm-hmm. He, as I said last week, Skip, damned if he do, damned if he don't. Now, all of a sudden, he lights up the scoreboard with his arms, and he ran a little bit and scored a touchdown and whatnot. Yep. It's quiet now. Nobody has anything to say. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is a hard beat. Yeah. There's no question about it. You're going to need him to regress in terms of his team dropping a couple games, and that's how you get in it, where Baltimore and Lamar is just continuing to cook and get better. He's starting to learn the receivers, I think. They're starting to understand his ability to move around and escape the pocket, stay open, uh, uh, scramble drills, things of that nature. So when you start to look at it, you say to yourself, well, they dropped a lot of balls. Well, they've forgiven that now. That's over with. Yeah. They've gone out there. Zay Flowers and company, Nelson Aguilar, even OBJ chimed in and made some plays for him when yeah. everybody yeah. said that he's done. He's yep. not the same guy anymore. Yep. So I think when you look at it, for me right now, I got Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Tua, and Tyreek in my top five. Yeah, wow. I don't have Brock Purdy in my top five as an MVP candidate. I understand it looks good, you know, it's good, whatever. But it's just so much mm. stuff mm. on that particular team, both on the offense and the defensive end, and Kyle Shanahan, it's hard for me to say, well, if they didn't have Brock Purdy, because when you talk about MVP, 
It's the most valuable player. player. That's right. That's we've right. seen, <laughs> we've seen the Baltimore Ravens without Lamar. Yeah. And we've seen them with him. So yeah. it's kind of like we really we've never seen Kansas City without Patrick Mahomes, except that well, that one yeah. that one uh, opportunity in the mm-hmm. playoff game against Baker Mayfield and company, but that was short-lived. For the most part, Patrick Mahomes has been there the entire time at the quarterback position starting. So that's my top five. He's neck okay, and neck with him. But your gut feeling is that Lamar will track him down. Yeah, but, but the okay. thing is, Skip, is tracking him down statistically, but a lot of it is records too. You mm-hmm. got to have a good record yeah, as well as the statistics. Yeah. I think they're going to win. I, I feel like at some point, Kansas City could hit a little speed bump yeah. and drop one or two or maybe even three games throughout the course of the year. Where Lamar and them, they may only drop one or two games, mm. so therefore, he gets denied because of it. Okay. Shady go. All right. Um, I'm going with Lamar. I think Lamar is, is the, the front runner, and I think it wouldn't even be close if his wide receivers would catch the ball. Mm. I mean, a guy like Mark Andrews, who's a tight end, who's very, very good, he's like that – insurance, you know, State Farm type yep. of guy. And lately he hasn't been that for dropping the ball. And if you look at some of these games, like like week five, right, they had seven drops against the Steelers. I watched that game. That game should have been a, a blowout. Yep. Lamar Jackson was playing phenomenal, putting the ball in the basket. Guys were dropping it. And I've been, I've been seeing so many critics talk about how Lamar's not playing well. I think otherwise. I think that this kid is he's a winner. They win games. And if this guy catches the ball, he will be favorite. To win MVP. He's for completing sure. 71% for of the sure. passes. Ridiculous. 71%. He's balling. He's balling. And remember, on top of that, he's that going into the Detroit game with his receivers leading the league in Drops. drop passes. That's right. Leading That's right. the whole league in drop passes. It's hard to do to complete 71% when you have that Just many drops. Just think if they caught him, Skip, that'd be no. about 90%. Yeah. Right, right. Running off with this race, for sure. All right. Here's the issue at hand. Kansas City plays the 23rd easiest closing schedule. Yeah. And MVP to me always becomes something about a narrative. You got to have like a backstory. You yeah. got to have something going on that, that propels you into the limelight, right? And this Taylor Swift thing is real in Kansas City. I don't care what you do, you can laugh all you want, but yeah. it's a real it's deal. No, I because, get it. Right. Okay. Yeah. And all of a sudden it feels fairy tale ish, like they're. They're all just thriving on it. They're, they're fueled by it. Everybody, even Andy Reid is acknowledging it in his postgame. She can stay as long as she wants. Well, all of a sudden, 87 is playing out of his mind, and he's showing off for her, I believe, in, in, in a great way. And God bless all of them, but they've got a narrative that Lamar doesn't have. Lamar is, is, is actually without a narrative because it's, it's so unfair the way he gets treated. There was even quotes from Dan Campbell last week to the Detroit media before the game saying, you know, I, I, I'm paraphrasing the quotes, but he said, we, we want to keep Lamar in the pocket and make him throw the football because mm. his legs are far more dangerous to us than his arm is. Well, so much for that. Okay, yeah. so much what happened in the first but half. I hope Lamar heard that, somebody read it to him, because those 17 first-half completions, that, that was a masterpiece of throwing the football. And what I love about Lamar throwing the football, it's just a little wrist flick. He, he's got extraordinary velocity and accuracy with just a little wrist flick. Right. Just That's pew, all he pew, needs. Pew. And it's just here, there, here, there. And we, we showed on Monday all 17 of his completions in, in a row in the first Good. half. That was in the first half against Detroit, and it's 28 to nothing. And by the way, they played defense too because Detroit didn't have a first down in the first half. 
So the, the point is, yeah, he can be more of a pocket passer under Todd Monken. They, they have a little bit better approach, a little more balanced approach where you, you don't have to utilize his legs. But when he needs to run, absolutely, hey, this, this guy is a gamer slash baller slash playmaker of the highest order. He will do whatever it takes to win games. And I still say 87 is so good in Kansas City. He is another Batman. We got Batman thrown to Batman right. to me that, that he is so good. He is so valuable to Patrick Mahomes, as we saw in the opening game when they lost at home to Detroit without Travis Kelsey. He is so valuable that I actually – Doc Patrick just a little bit because he's got the best receiver in football. I don't care what you say, wide receiver, whatever he is, he's the best target in football because they are on a wavelength unlike any wavelength I've ever seen between a quarterback and a receiver where Kelsey, we talked about it yesterday, Keyshawn, he just just goes where the hole is in the zone. He just – He knows where it's at. Yeah, he just goes. But they don't even run routes. It's just like you get open. Just go get open. I'll find you. I'll figure you out because I'm on your wavelength. So that's really that that gives him a huge advantage that Lamar doesn't have. Yeah, it, it, it does give him an advantage. But just like any great player at some point in time, defensive coordinators sit at home. Those guys with the gray hair, with the dandruff on their shoulders, mm-hmm. sit up all night long, who doesn't go home to see their family and lays, sleeps in the, on the couch or in yep. the bed in the office. They're putting a plan together to try to figure out how to stop 87 and make Patrick Mahomes, which – Many That's, people have tried. It didn't yeah, work. Yeah. But make him go to those other receivers, the Sky Moors of the world, so to speak. Yeah. In Lamar's situation, people have always had a narrative, right? You say, well, there's no real narrative. No, the narrative is he should have played wide receiver. Yeah, that's, that's the, the narrative, right? Or running back. Or, right, right. or running back. Yeah, yeah. And so now that he is continuing to prove that he belongs in a conversation at the quarterback spot, which was always, for me, he was a quarterback. I didn't, I'm didn't. i not listening to somebody who has uh, uh, preconceived notions in their minds about what a person's position is and what he should be and how he should go about doing things. What I would say, though, this is the best receiving core, including Mark Andrews, yep. that he's had his entire Agreed. career. Mm-hmm. And you can see it developing. Okay, you talk about receivers running routes. Now they starting, they're starting to understand that they need to stay working all the time when because he, he's the type of quarterback, much like a Patrick Mahomes, yep. when it's not there, he's moving around enough and buying enough time so they can now break free away from the defender and not be Velcroed up. Mm. If you look at Zay Jones getting the football in that young man's hand, he is a dynamic weapon. Not quite Tyreek Hill, but close enough for me when he puts the football in his hands because he got all that sounded like Shady McCoy when McCoy was in Philly where he had a little bit of that stuff. And so when you talk about a guy like Nelson Aguilar, a little veteran guy who makes some plays here and there, I wish he stopped dropping the football, but – that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, they do. Don't don't start. No, I would say this, yeah. though. Like, you talked about the, them defense coordinators staying up at night. Andy Reid's the same way. Now, I played with him yeah. as a rookie. He Absolutely. was staying up there all the time, spending night in a facility to get the place for a guy like Travis Kelsey. And then being there with the Chiefs, him and Patrick Mahomes have this connection, right, where they know where each other's at. He might have a, a, um, a corner route, and he'll just stop because he sees the same thing Mahomes sees. But this is the thing about, about Lamar Jackson, why I think he's going to catch him. A new office with Todd Munkin, we didn't know what to expect, right? We thought we would get a lot of that old Louisville because they talked about it. 
And now, when you see the offense, it's like they're finally gelling together. They had an issue with drop yep. passes. Good point. This last game, they didn't drop passes, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that it'll get better and better and better. You look at a guy like Rashad Bateman, who's been off injury, right? Yep. And he's finally getting back. He is. Zay Flowers, you talked about him, dynamic, dynamic player. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's a rookie, and he's getting back a custom of things with, with Lamar Jackson's offense. So it's going to be scary. Once they start clicking and knowing what, which, where each other's at at all times, it's going to be a dangerous mm-hmm. offense. It is, and I should point out, once upon a time, long ago, Lamar won the MVP. He's he already did, won He one. did do that. He threw 50 touchdown passes. Ago, Skip, he did do that now. A couple 50. years ago, he man. Do that. He won that long 50 ago. Come on now. No, he can, he can do now. it. There's no question yeah. about it. But Greg Roman, in his offensive mindset from a yeah. passing game standpoint, it was elementary. It yeah. wasn't – it just yeah. didn't evolve. So 30, I'm sorry. this is 30. why they go out and yeah, they get Ty Monkey because yeah. they need somebody – to, to, to design things from a passing game yeah. standpoint that will make them a much better team. Yeah. And so far, so good. Yeah, Lamar and had 36 nice touchdown passes in yep. 21. Six MVP. picks, yep. MVP year. Yeah, which did lead the league easily. All right, up next, we got to get back to NBA because we got a big game after the Laker game tonight. Which team goes farther, KDs or Steps? That is a good question. Good question. No mercy, no mercy. Kevin Durant just turned 35 last month. Steph Curry is also 35, but about six months older than Kevin. So it's KD returning to Golden State to face Steph in tonight's second game. Paul Pierce, who leads his team farther this season, KD or Steph? Oh, this is an easy one. KD. Mm. I mean, you look at what Golden State did last year. They can't win on the road. They Mm. won 11 road games. And if anybody on Golden State misses significant time out, it's going to be a disaster, and the Golden State Warriors might not make the playoffs. Let Clay miss a lot of time. Let Steph miss yep. a lot of time. Or Draymond. One of the three, any of the one of the three miss any significant time, Golden State might not make the playoffs. This is an easy really? call. Ooh. Bradley Bill. If, if you do the same thing with Phoenix, say Bradley Bill gets hurt or Book gets hurt, Katie, they still can hold the fork down because they have star power over mm. there with two MVP candidates and Booker, KD, and Bradley Bill being one of the elite shooting guards in all Okay, so you think CP3 at this stage and age would be inconsequential at Golden State? I mean, he's 38. Yep. I mean, how much are you going to get out of 38-year-old pass-first point guard? Now, CP is a high IQ player. He can still play the game, but I'm not sure that he can help carry a team if one of these guys goes down to injury. Mm. I don't know. I think that Chris Paul is going to help them, especially on the second unit, if and when he gets there. I think we're going to have to see how that all works out. There's been reports he's expected to start in tonight's game, but maybe not going to play that much time. Maybe not going to be on the court as long as a regular starter because they don't want his minutes. I agree with you, Paul, but not for the reason that you said. It's not about KD versus Steph to me. It is about Devin Booker because you talk about how old these guys are. Devin Booker's 26 years old. Mm -hmm. Did you know that Steph's first season with the Warriors? Devin Booker was 10. So we are talking about a huge gap between prime of their career. Now, by the way, I am in no way saying that if I had to win one game one night with one guy, Steph Curry would be near the top of my list for who my first pick would be. However, we're not talking about one game. We are talking about a season. We are talking about a playoff run. And I think that if you look at what the Suns have, led by Devin Booker, with then Kevin Durant as the compliment, with Kevin Durant as the sniper, I think that they have a fuller roster than they did last year, and they are going to be the bigger threat. Mm. 
Okay, Kevin Durant. When Phoenix acquired him, I was all in because it felt like they had just turned it upside down and won it all. And yet, Chris Paul really shocked me pleasantly last year down the stretch because as they dared Chris to shoot, he was taking and making a lot of big open three-point shots, big late shots for them. And he could still make his, if, if you just dare him, if you give him his little mid-range free throw line jump shot, he, he will make that on a consistent basis. So the point was, I liked them against Denver. Obviously, Denver is about to go on and win it all because they lost game one, but game two, remember, this is in Denver, and in the third quarter in Denver, all of a sudden, Chris Paul, once again, right on schedule, pulls his hamstring. They're up on Denver 59-55, to 55, and Chris was playing great. And I thought, okay, can KD hold the fort down until Chris comes back? Because I kept hearing from people who close to Chris, just give him a couple of games, maybe three games. Maybe he could get back for a game seven. Mm-hmm. And what happens? They have a home game six to get to a game seven. They actually had a five and a six that, that they needed to win. And Kevin Durant was terrible in those two games. He disappeared in both games. And if I can go back one year to playing against your Celtics when he was in Brooklyn, I know that team was a mess and it was psychologically devastated and Kyrie was in and out and he's in and out and he's in and out. But, but Kevin was horrible. Remember, the Celtics just took him all apart with their defensive strategies under the old coach, Eme, obviously. And Kevin flamed out in two straight playoffs. So I mean, it, wasn't he a big toe away from hitting a game-winning mm-hmm. shot in no, that series, was. though? But, so. but, no, now we're going back to two years oh, ago. Two years before, yes, yeah. two years ago against Milwaukee, he right. did. Right. When he was at his apex, to me, yes, he hit as clutch a shot as I've ever seen anybody hit in a game seven, but his toe was on the line, and I thought – I, I couldn't see his toe on the line. I, I was rolling on the floor. I thought Kevin had pulled it off and they'd beaten the Milwaukee Bucks, obviously. And then he ran out of gas, or if, if, if we give LeBron that excuse, he, Kevin hit the wall in overtime of Game 7 at home. Okay, so the point is, I, can I trust Kevin in these big moments? Is, is he still that guy? I, I don't know, because that's back-to-back big playoff But he doesn't big have games. to be anymore yeah, on that team. That's the thing. He's yeah. got book. You got Book and Bradley Bill. And so Bradley to your Beal. point, on those situations, Skip, that you're talking about, he was the lead guy. He doesn't have that pressure anymore. So if he can take a step back and say, Book, this is your team. Wow. I'm going to allow you to take these big shots now. And let's not get it twisted. KD can make big shots. Now you don't have the pressure of being the only guy because now you have two other snipers out there who can knock down big shots in the big moment. And so the pressure's not always on him, and he's not, he doesn't have to be the lead guy anymore. All three of those guys are going to have more space to shoot than they have ever seen before in any of their careers. That is a fact. But I still, I'm not sure who's going to orchestrate. I I know you're going to ask Book to have, you know, wear two hats and kind of play point and shooting guard. But he did it some while CP3 was out in those, those games against Denver. But I'm not sure that's a smooth transition. I'm afraid he's going to be a little distracted. Do, Do I pass or do I shoot? Because he's much better when he can just be free and easy shooting from the two-guard slot. No, no, Book showed me that he can be a playmaker now. 100%. I like Book say, listen, he doesn't have to do it all game. But come the fourth quarter, I want him at my point guard because he's shown me he has the ability to make the right play, to be a lead assist guy and a lead scoring guy late in ball games. So he doesn't have to do it before a quarter. Just say, hey, Bradley, 
Hey, KD, uh, whoever we can to take over the ball handling uh, responsibilities. But come the fourth quarter, it's my show. And this is where he takes over and brings the game home. Yeah, I would trust him completely. And by the way, I think Frank Vogel is one of the more underrated coaches we've got going on right now. It doesn't mean that I think he's the best coach on the planet, but I do think he's going to bring some structure and order there that is going to make playmaking a little bit more of just an automatic thing. And everyone's going to know where everyone is supposed to be and that kind of thing there. So I have no problem trusting D-Book to do that in the fourth quarter of big games. Well, Vogel did win a championship in the bubble, so you got to give him that one. But... Looking at Golden State, Paul, it's just hard for me to believe if you still have Steph and maybe he's at the back end of his prime, but he's still in his prime, yeah. they're going to miss the playoffs. It's just hard. I, I get they're I'm getting not saying older. If they're healthy, if, no, if they're healthy, they'll make the playoffs. But I'm saying if they have any one of their stars misses significant time, they're going to be on the outside looking in, Skip. I mean, what, 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 what did they finish up last year? What are they, no, that's not true of Phoenix. That's not true of Milwaukee. No. That, that, that's not true of Boston. You know, you don't think if, any one of their if stars, Draymond misses a big chunk of the season, they can't make the playoffs? I don't playoffs? think they make the playoffs. You say yeah. Dray, if Draymond misses 20 games, I don't know if they go to State Warriors, Mr. Puff, because I'm not sold on those other role players they got. You know, yeah, Kaminga's had a, a great, you know, preseason, but where's the consistency going to come in on the defensive end? They don't have the size anymore. They don't have the toughness. The leadership is not out there if Draymond is not there. We saw a difference when Draymond missed time. Yes. They look like a completely different team, a team that was battling for a lottery pick. With Draymond out there, he he gets the battery in their back. He but puts, Steph Curry he, is a leader. You can't say they don't have any no, leadership, they got leadership he's not there. But, but we all know what Draymond of brings. Course, it's yeah. more, his Huge his value fan. goes way beyond the statistics yes. because it's just, the statistics don't really scream at you when you look at Draymond, but his presence does. I, I thought they were ready to move on last year after he had his obviously his preseason issue, and all of a sudden they've now committed again to, to going forward Draymond. And to your point – if they don't have him, I'm looking at the rest of the roster saying, I'm with you. Like, what, what else do you have? Exactly. Look, time heals on that kind of thing, yeah. first of all. He goes way back with that core, much further than Jordan Poole. Yeah. And by the way, even if the day after all of that happened, if you said to me, who are the Warriors going to pick at the end of the season? They picking Jordan Poole or Draymond Green? Easy answer. Mm. So the fact Easy. that you then had eight months going on and then they had to make that decision, mm. that was a no-brainer, and we saw exactly what everyone expected. Okay, so, Rachel, we didn't get your picks because Paul picked the Suns to win the West and then lose to the Celtics in the final. Which way are you going? Do you still like Denver? I do. Well, look, I am going to keep saying it. Until Denver shows me they're not going to be the champions that they were this past season, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. They have a great core. They have Nikola Jokic, who is just one of the biggest monsters this league has seen. They have Jamal Murray, who, by the way, would be a number one on a lot of teams. They have great coaching. They have great togetherness. And I think that until they show you that they have a championship hangover and they're not quite the team they were, you've got to give them the benefit of the doubt in the West. Now, in the East, Paul, um, just don't have any objects you can throw at me, but I'm on the Milwaukee train at the moment. We'll have to see how they can do throughout the season. But right now, that pick and roll, my Lord, did you see it in that preseason game that they Mm. played? That is scary, scary stuff. And I think it's going to be a battle, and that will be a Game 7 situation in the East this year. I'm so excited. I I think it's farther apart than you you guys think, because I think Boston is here, Milwaukee's here, and everybody else is down here. I just don't see them matching up with Boston. Like, who does does Dame guard on the Boston Celtics? Okay, he's going to switch on the Tatum. He's going to switch on the Brown at some point. He has to, Drew Holiday's going to guard him. Drew, we got two first-team defensive players. We got four or five guys that can guard Dame. 
You know what I'm saying? Try, try to get to the Tatum, basket, though. Brown. Drew, I mean, oh, my goodness. Yeah, oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Come all right, on. speaking of all of that, Giannis does commit long-term to Milwaukee. Wow. I'll tell you up next why I believe Giannis will ultimately regret that. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. back down. So Giannis signs a three-year, $186 million extension with the box, presumably because he's very happy with his new teammate he campaigned for, Damian Lillard. So, Rachel, scale of 1 to 10, how surprised were you by this? Well, look, if it was any other player, I would say an 8 or 9, because the money figures would have been better for him if he had waited. But with Giannis, I'm saying only a 6, because we have seen this movie before, right? The last time that Giannis was a little bit like, maybe I'll stay in Milwaukee, maybe I won't stay in Milwaukee, the Bucks went out, they got Drew Holiday in November, and in December, Giannis signed a new deal. Sure enough. They go out and get Dame Lillard. He signs a new deal. Clearly, Giannis Antetokounmpo is not making decisions on whether they win as a team. He's making a decision about, do I want to stay with this franchise mm. because they are giving me the chance to win? They are giving me the tools to win. They are working with me on what I want. That is how he runs his business. And he also does not like the questions hanging over him all season of, will you, won't you, will you, won't you? It definitely bothers him. He's talked about how that weighs on him. So with Giannis, I'm mm. going with the six. Everyone mm. else would be a lot higher. Mm. Not surprised at all. I mean, Mm. he said earlier this year, he said, listen, I want to know that we're committed to winning a championship. And and you know what? When I thought about that, Skip, I was like, well, you guys did have the best record last year. You guys, the only thing that kept y'all was y'all health. You you know, you have the pieces around you, but he wanted more. He obviously wanted more. He didn't think what they had currently was enough, so they went out and they bring in a top 75 player, uh, a future Hall of Famer in Dame Lillard, and a guy who can close games for yep. him. And so by doing those things, it does not surprise me. He comes off as the type of guy who's very loyal to the franchise, and the franchise has been loyal to him. You know, they've signed his brother who, you know, at best is a fringe NBA yep. player, and, and they're willing to do things to accommodate Giannis, so it doesn't surprise me at all. It doesn't surprise me because Giannis still has a lot of kid in him, like big kid in him, and he gets overexcited sometimes. And I think he's extremely almost kid-like excited by, I I got a new teammate. I've never been able to pick and roll like this before. They played a little bit in the preseason together, and that was all he needed to say, we got this. Here we go. I still say He's going to have a rude awakening in January, February, March, when he realizes that Dame doesn't play a lot of defense. Can Dame change like Keyshawn keeps trying to make the point? Can he change his mindset because he'll he'll be in a different defensive culture where it will rub off on him? It'll be a contagious effect on Dame, maybe to a certain degree. But Dame's an older player. Dame's set in his ways. Dame's like, Dame likes to jack up the logo threes and do the sensational, and I got that. And it will be fun to watch. They are now must-see TV, and Milwaukee, for me, didn't used to be. But I will watch Dame and Giannis operate together, and I'm sure they will score a lot of points with and for each other. I got that. But you have to stop teams from scoring, and that has been their calling card. That has been their trademark. That has been their cultural identity is that they rim protect 
and they get up into you on the, the perimeter. And it started with Drew Holiday and, and Grayson Allen picked that up and, and was very difficult to deal with, very physical on the defensive, on the perimeter. So my point is, over time, you're, you're going to miss Drew Holiday, who was a driving force of that team on offense and defense, where it's, it's even though Dame and Drew averaged the same assists over their career seven a game, Drew gets his differently. He's more of an orchestrator and a late-game playmaker. Dame's going to get his just by accident because he does have the ball in his hands a whole lot. And it's going to be very interesting because he needs the ball in his hands a whole lot, and they're not used to the one guy having the ball in his hands a whole lot. So I, I think over time Giannis will regret signing long-term because he might wake up one day and say, this isn't as good as what we used to have. Skip, Yanis is not a kid. He is a grown no, man. I got and he's, just got, he's, because got, he's got the childlike he's emotions. Not, though. Look, he has a childlike appreciation for the yes, game, he but he knows how to handle his business. And just because he is making decisions differently than you would or I would doesn't mean that the wool is pulled over his eyes. What's important to him is important to him, and he got what he wanted. I think that he and Dame are going to be able to work it out in terms of who has the ball when and, and how that is going to go. And by the way, do not underestimate the competitive nature of Dame Lillard. That is a mistake. You will get burned. In Portland, he had to do so much offensively that, of course, he wasn't doing as much on the mm -hmm. defensive end. He is playing with a guy, a teammate. He's never had anyone like this before. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he will be able to put more energy into defense, I don't expect him to turn into Drew Holiday, but I also expect him to be better defensively than we have seen the last couple seasons Maybe. with good reason. I think his offense makes up for his deficiencies on defense. He brings that much to the offensive table to where it offsets what he brings to defense. He, he's going to make the effort, of course. He's in a different culture. He's in a championship culture. And we all know how that changes your perspective on defense. All of a sudden, people didn't realize I was really a two-way player until yep. Kevin Garnett came. Yep. Yep. People didn't realize Ray could play defense until Kevin Garnett Good. came. So, yep. you know, when you get in that type of culture that you have a guy like Giannis who's one of the top defensive players, you got Brooke Lopez, and, and you're in a winning environment, it can change for you. And so mm -hmm. I will give that today. Okay, but Paul brought up to me in our break, just coming into this topic, that remember that series once upon a time when Portland played New Orleans? Mm -hmm. Remember what happened? Drew Holiday Ooh, took Dame for yep. four straight games and just he just took him out. Go back and look at Dame's numbers in those four games. Not great. Mm -hmm. And then, Rachel, you talk about his competitiveness. He had a chance in the Western Conference Finals against Steph and Clay yeah, when it was, was there. There, there. There was no. Yeah, Paul and I were working that okay, series. Okay, and there was no KD. So it's just basically it's going to come down to the two guards against the two guards. And in the fourth quarters of those games, they did get swept. But you are yeah, cherry picking. No, well, that, that's that's four, four of, games against Golden State. I mean, this is your one time of the most to shine. Players this is your of all time in the history of the game. Yeah. He is the, the numbers. Look, numbers look, we're we talking know. about. Look, in that backcourt was Drew and Rondo, New Orleans. Now, if they play the Celtics in the conference finals, we got Drew again with another first all, first team All Defensive yes, player and Derek White. White. And so, yep. No, that is true. Okay, that the, is true. But the, I, the Celtics are going to be so much better on close. defense that it, I, I give the Celtics. Listen, if if they go against Milwaukee, if they match up in the playoffs, man, the Celtics are going to punish them. That's what I think. It, it, just it's, punish them. It's just going to be hard to score on Boston because of Drew, especially yeah. that. Again, that 
takes up whatever slack was left by Mark Smart. Here's one last thing I do want to say about Giannis, though, is that the owners in this league have tried rule after rule after rule to prevent guys from switching teams, big stars from leaving small markets. And I have said over and over, the rules are not going to help. These guys are still going to do what they want to do. You know how you can keep these guys? Be a good team. Be a good franchise. Be responsive. Put a good team on the court. And that is what Milwaukee has done to keep Giannis, and it is what Denver has done to make Jokic happy. And that could be a lesson to everyone as we mm. go into these next round of negotiations. Although that's easier said than done. But well, it's and, been and, done and, twice. Embiid about to be out of there. This, this contract. Well, <laughs> yeah. But again, is that franchise not giving him what he needs, right? They're the one who decided yeah. to go all in with James Harden yeah. when everybody else was yeah. like, eh, I don't know. True. So, it seemed like an all right. Out. Up next here on Undisputed, Jim Harbaugh busted. Once again, your turn. Hashtag Undisputed Live. Here we go. First tweet. This is Dion Smith referring to my tweet earlier in the show of why I'm picking the Lakers to win it all. And Dion says, the skip <laughs> reverse jinx, he ain't slick. Exactly. No, that's, that's what not what's happening. You know, I, I like him. Yeah, I actually like him. I do. Until they lose and then you blame LeBron, and even though LeBron may not have anything to do with it. I know you. Well, he better not run out of gas and run out of clutch again, because he did last year. Tweet 2 uh, says, skip when Warriors win another championship this year, and Steph Curry being one championship behind MJ. I think not. I, I would bet several dinners on the Warriors not winning the championship. Paul Pierce was just making the case. They're like one injury away from missing the playoffs this year. Oh, gosh. And tweet three, Arturo Jimenez, 49ers new logo, LOL. I like that. That's yeah, funny. That's, yeah, that, that was, was clever. Clever. Very Bingo. Clever. Like it. <laughs> All right. Back they to business. still beat the Cowboys, though. Well, they did. It was a long time. It was ancient history, 42 to 10. And it won't matter when the playoffs come around because we will get even. All right. Back to business. Back to serious business. This is what Jim Harbaugh said last Thursday. And I quote, I do not have any knowledge or information regarding the University of Michigan football program illegally stealing signals, nor have I directed any staff member or others to participate in an off-campus scouting assignment? Yet ESPN continues to report more and more details, strongly indicating what sources call an elaborate system run by retired Marine Captain Connor Stallions to scout signals of upcoming opponents. Stallions purchased tickets, according to ESPN, in his own name to more than 30 games over the past three years involving 11 different Big Ten schools and including last Saturday's Penn State-Ohio State game. Both of those teams, of course, future Michigan opponents. Stallions purchased tickets on both sides of the stadium, and the NCAA is expected to receive surveillance video evidence of illegal technology used in scouting tied to the tickets purchased by Stallions, meaning using cell phone cameras to actually videotape signals. Harbaugh is already under NCAA investigation for lower-level recruiting violations, so Keyshawn, how much trouble do you believe Harbaugh and Michigan are in? In trouble because a guy likes college football and he bought tickets to go watch games. Ah, so that's how you're... 
trying to pawn her. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So you last week, a week before, yeah. whatever, says that, oh, well, I have no knowledge, no knowledge. whatsoever. No, vehemently about, deny. Denying yeah. it yeah. full. Full. No knowledge. But yet and still, as the investigation continues to mm -hmm. go on, yep. all of a sudden, somebody tied close to the program yep. goes out and spends his own money mm -hmm. to buy tickets yep. to football games within the conference to mm -hmm. go watch other teams play mm -hmm. just because he likes football. On both sides oh, of the stadium. So, he so first yeah. half, I'm going to watch over here because yeah. I like the way the sun sets. Mm -hmm. And then I'll go over the other side. Yep. Look, in the, at the end... The NC2A or whoever's doing the investigation is going to uncover the dirt. That's just the reality of it. You got caught with your hand in the cookie jar. You are certainly cheating doing something. Yeah. They're not ESPN. They're not going to go this length to try to uncover to damage your reputation just because. It's just yeah. and clearly these other schools are blowing whistles to ESPN on Michigan. Go ahead. Absolutely. Yeah. 100 percent. Mm -hmm. And then there's more evidence to come later on down the line. Apparently, he's sitting in the stands with, I don't know if it's a phone or actual recorder on yeah, his shoulder. Could be. But whatever the case mm -hmm. is, videotaping solely on the individuals that's doing the signs. Mm -hmm. This is like sort of kind of like the, the, the spy gate situation it with the New England sure Patriots. Is. Similar, mm -hmm. you know, with the cameras over here and this, yep. that, and the other. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and, and if this is the case, they have to punish Michigan. They have to. To the ump degree. They literally have to punish Michigan. And the reason I say this is a week ago when we had this conversation, both Michael and I talked about mm -hmm. high school football. We, we did it in high school football growing did. up because I that's just it. what it was. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just part of it. But there's a rule in place that says you cannot do this to an opponent, a future yep. opponent. In, but on top of that, you go in the stands. Yep. You have the guts enough to send somebody, even though you say you don't have anything to do with it. Clearly you do. Yep. Okay, so you double down that you didn't, yep. which is going to make things even worse for you because when they come up with the, the information and they have the tickets and the receipts, and yep. you can't explain that. It's just hard to explain, but I think that they, you know, whether it's, it's, it's sanctions that's handed down for... Uh, bowl game ban, scholarship, whatever the case is, it's going to happen. And what I would say to Jim Harbaugh at this point in time, he needs to start thinking about the Pete Carroll plan mm -hmm. and what happened to us at USC. Good Although point. I will argue that the, the athletic department had no knowledge of what was going on with Reggie Bush. Okay. I, can, I can raise my right. right hand to that Fair enough. and say they didn't accept it. The athletic department didn't participate in that, but we got hit because we should have known okay. what was going on. This is a little bit different. Okay. And I think and by the Pete Carroll plan, you mean oh, the Pete Carroll be, plan, be one step ahead of the NCAA. One step, one step yeah. ahead of the NBA, uh, NBA the NCAA. And wow. now let's start looking for the exit strategy yes. for that starving Agreed. Chicago Bear team mm -hmm. or that team that's looking for a head coach. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what Pete he smelt it, and Pete said, you know what? I like my Trojans, but I need to get going. And he's been in Seattle ever since. So maybe Harbaugh now Agreed. sees it and says, you know what? I may have to just jump to the NFL. Yeah.
this is going to be a really bad look for the NCAA because Michigan's team is really, really good. I've watched them a lot. I think they're a little better than Georgia, which makes them the best team in college football as we speak. Your heart's with USC, mine's with Oklahoma, but I give it up. I got a lot of friends who went to Michigan. Yeah. This team is really good. But not. But, but the thing yeah. is, Skip, they're going to play out the season. That's what I'm saying. And they're going to win okay. the national championship. But the cloud is going to hang heavier yeah. and heavier yeah. over Michigan. Yeah. Michigan's a great school. It's, it's a great program. Yeah. It has legacy. It has history. Jim Harbaugh is a really, really good football coach. You can make a case if you do pro in college. He's about as good as anyone who's ever Absolutely. done it because Success he's done wherever it he's gone. high level at both wherever sides. Wherever he's gone, whether right? it was San Diego, University of San Diego, yep. whether it was Stanford, Stanford the 49ers, Wouldn't Michigan they go to now. Three straight NFC championship games yeah. and one Super Bowl, oh, yeah. right? Yep. Came within a blown call to me of a Colin Kaepernick pass into the end zone that should have been called to interference on Michael Crabtree, but we could go. But but that's how yeah. close he came to winning, beating he's a his good, brother. He's a good football coach. He's a good football coach. His father was a good football coach. His brother is a very good football coach. I have a close friend who went to Michigan who tells me if Harbaugh's breaking rules, he thinks they're bad rules. But they are the rules. Yeah. And I get it. I grew up through the cultures of baseball and college football where if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. You just do it. You, like, to me, the onus has always been on the team that is being, quote, unquote, cheated against to change your signals. Like, like it's just you, you just figure out how to the burdens on you to just change. You, you can bamboozle them, too. You, yeah, you but can, if I don't know that you're cheating. Yeah. Right. If I don't know, Skip, okay, if, if, if there's a rule in place and you are violating it and you're the only one violating it, then, OK, we can I got say you. everybody's violating. But guess what? We don't know that because no, you're I, the only I, one. I don't. Know you're that. the only one that's gotten caught. All right. So the stallions, the former captain in the Marine Corps, he, he's boasted on his LinkedIn for his knack for, I quote, for identifying and exploiting critical vulnerabilities and centers of gravity in the opponent's scouting process. He voted, and then he took all of his social media accounts down. Well, Jim hired him, and, and Jim probably hired him just to, to do this, right? So it's a terrible look, and remember, so he's that's under... That's why he's beating Ohio okay, State. Okay, there you go. So he's, he's under investigation for two levels now for a recruiting. It's a lower-level violation, but still, he's got that going on, and then he's got the signal issue going on, scouting signals uh, surreptitiously. So all of a sudden, you've you got two things going on. They are going to bust Michigan. I, I will not be surprised if Michigan gets bowl-banned for next year, not for this year. No, this year is too late. Okay. It's Can't too do late. Anything. No, the I got it. Over. So is it possible they go win the national championship yeah. this year? And they with the big, the big cloud, you could, if you wanted to vacate, but nobody's going to care about vacating. To well, me. we don't care because yeah. we know you, you what know, the you, prize, you process want. was yes. and what the product was on the field. Right. It's like the Reggie Bush situation. There you go. Whether he took money, his family took money, whatever. We know it. he rushed for that. I we know it. he scored those touchdowns and he won the Heisman. Well said. Up next, Jalen Carter, the Eagles, was inspired to flop by LeBron James. Oh, God. I love this. No mercy. No mercy. No mercy. The Eagles' Jalen Carter says his inspiration for flopping the other night was... LeBron James. <laughs> oh, he said, man. I was just thinking about LeBron. I was like, oh, what would LeBron do? Paul, was this a compliment or a shot at LeBron? 
I don't know. I mean, this just shows you that LeBron is influential in more ways than one. Not only his basketball game, but the way he flops, and I'm glad the NBA put that new rule in. No, you do whatever you can for your team, right? So check this out, though, Skip. Back in week 10 in Monday Night Football, I'm playing for the Carolina Panthers. Okay. And look at this act. You talk about flopping. Check this out right here. You think he did anything? Oh! (laughs) Wait, though. Look at the the replay and watch this. He barely touched me. And look at this. And you're a big LeBron (laughs) fan. Were were you inspired by LeBron? No, I was inspired by MJ on this one. Huh. That was back in that day. Well, oh, just... my God. Oh, man. <laughs> what happens to the player? Did he get a... No, okay, I got 15-yard penalty. Oh, we went it, on to win the game. But it feels like Jalen Carter is actually <laughs> taking a complimentary shot at LeBron because he's giving him credit for this. Man, he learned it from LeBron. Everybody he in the learned NBA it was from flopping. LeBron. Even PP with the flop. Wizards. That's it for Undisputed. <laughs> we are back tomorrow at 9.30 Eastern. <laughs> and I can't wait to flop.